Welcome to School of Everything Else. Raising a Geek Child, Volume 1. Welcome to a show for the parents of new children, of older children, for those of you expecting or thinking about bringing youngsters into the world, and for those of you who consider possibly being parents someday. When I say geek, and I've been an advocate of this definition for years, I mean someone who cares passionately about something like a hobby or a pursuit or a kind of game or a medium, or even sports fans who memorize statistics are geeks, they just don't define themselves in that way. The thing is, once they reach a certain age, that's pretty much all kids. It's absolutely natural for them to obsess and fixate over a show or a comic series or a movie series or a video game and to read about it exhaustively and then to regurgitate those facts at you over breakfast and then to their friends at school and then to you again as soon as they get home, non-stop, endlessly, even when you beg them to talk about something else. That is something they either grow out of, are discouraged from... Or because of when their anxieties kick in in their twins, they realize it's not perceived as cool to care that intensely about stuff. And when they get a bit older, it becomes a serious business of denying that aspect of themselves in order to score. At least it used to be when we were kids. Things are a bit different now. With comic book movies and Star Wars becoming the biggest blockbuster industries, with video games hitting the mainstream and becoming something people of all ages do, with Disney movies and the discussion of every single little hidden Easter egg in continuity being an endless source of fascination on YouTube, with board games being easier to get into and with TV being something that gets followed with religious fervour. The pursuit of mathematics and science and engineering are more respected. The younger generations seem to prize intelligence and experiences over the acquisition of stuff, which is why millennials are blamed for killing every industry from housing to napkins. But it's these younger generations of parents from Gen X onwards who have been encouraging this geeky behaviour in their kids, largely because they grew up with the best of entertainment of any of the previous generations of the 20th century and came to adulthood during the proliferation of the internet. In short, we have been less concerned with being grown-ups like our parents were, which means we've taken more of an interest in what our kids are into, which means we communicate with them, which means we pay closer attention to raising them. So rather than them just being plunked down in front of children's TV, we take an active role in their entertainment, their playing, their dress-up, and their music. On this show, we're going to ask a bunch of questions of our panel of guests about their experiences, good and bad. Hopefully we can gather tips and fresh perspectives from what they have found. Even if you hate kids and have no interest in having them at any point, you might get a fresh look at the new generations who will be going forth over the next decades to fix the mistakes of their great-grandparents, of their grandparents, and of course the stupid shit that we've done ourselves. And those guests include Brendan Agnew, father of Marion, aged nearly one year old. Man, the time is flying. (laughs) neil taylor father of mikey aged three it gets quicker trust me on that (laughs) and gary blower father of imogen aged eight thank you so for our first question let's go back to the very beginning 
Uh, and this is like this is the one that Sharon wanted to toss out. She was like, uh, I would get rid of that. It doesn't really seem relevant. But this is the one that was my deadlock because for expectant parents, like anxiety ridden over the upcoming birth. If you could have been told two things about the birth of your first child ahead of time, what would they have been? Uh, let's start with um, the most recent. We'll go with Brendan. If I could have been told two things, um, well, first of all, um, about me personally, uh, pack a lot more clothes for when you have to go to the hospital uh, because, man, you just get funky when you're staying there for the entire time. Even if even if you're not doing anything, you feel funky. Hospitals are dirty, dirty places. Um, but the the other thing that I would have told myself is to take as many cat naps as possible whenever you possibly can. Because once once they show up, they're not going to let you sleep anytime they're awake. Mm. So you, you've got to kind of bank your sleep as often as you can. That's that's still something I'm I'm kind of like working on. Neil, I think one of the most important things is you know how you're always told, oh, there's all these books that say this, that, and the other. Get those books, pile them up, find a really high window, <laughs> throw them the fuck out. Because <laughs> I'll tell you this: each individual child is their own unique being from day one, and those books really aren't particularly helpful and probably cause you more stress and anxiety than you need. So, take one day at a time. It's you're not a bad parent. It's nice and you know, just take it every step at a time you'll be fine and yeah uh second one yeah hospitals aren't fun i arrived at 10 a.m and i didn't leave till 3 a.m the following day so yeah um and the first person i told about the birth of my son is in on this show and it was sharon oh i I will say the birth part is very stressful Again, just try and stay relaxed. Everything will be fine. You are usually in the best place possible for it. Gary? Um, If I can be a bit political, uh, I think the thing that I wish I'd known beforehand was just how horrendous uh, preschool care is um, and how amateurish and disorganized most of the organizations that are actually doing it are. I don't know about you guys, but I mean... The most stress I had in the first five years of imaging growing up were the, were the bloody nursery, if I'm quite frank. Mm. Um, and because there isn't any kind of state, um, I was quite lucky, and it's a sure start, if you remember those. Mm-hmm. It's the nearest ones. It's a brand-new nursery, and it has like a two-year waiting list, but we got on there quite quite early. Um, but nursery nursery care and childcare, pre, preschool childcare, is effectively run by amateurs. It's run by amateurs, and it's run by... Um, some other sort of larger organisations who are basically staffed by amateurs and they don't have a bloody clue what they're doing half the time. And they, they're all, I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are professionally trained as child carers, but in terms of actually basic things like logistics and organisation and doing the things they said they're going to do and not doing the things they said they wouldn't do, they're horrendous. And every parent I've spoken to has had basically the same experience as as us uh and i wish i'd known that going in i wish i'd had my eyes open a bit more um 
other than that, okay, the other things. I mean, hospital was horrible. I was there for a week because Imogen was five weeks early and I was grey when I left. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I mean, I know that's a a UK thing. I think, you know, it's our, you know, basically the state doesn't really seem to do much for children until they get to, um, you know, uh, inception. Um, effectively before that, it's kind of left up to the parents, you know, to sort out, you know, okay, here's a, here's 15 hours free. Oh, great. You know, the single mums, that's all, that's next to useless. As someone who works in that particular industry in the States, like it's, I mean, there, there's a lot of standards that certain centers have to meet, but there's still a lot that people just, there's a lot of places that are just here is babysitting for your child for eight yes. hours of the day. And that is, that's like the best you can hope for. And it's really hard to find, you know, actual organized education in that field. Yeah, no, it's like, like we, I would echo that. It's basically the same here. Uh, that's what it felt like a lot of the time. Yeah, we I think we kind of lucked out because uh, Mav and I like Marion goes to the school where we teach. So we get to. For one, you know, know that she's going somewhere that's actually got a curriculum, but also can kind of keep a close eye on her and what's going on in her class. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it's probably the same thing that I wish I could tell myself for every situation in which I become anxious, which is don't plan. At least <laughs> when I say don't plan, plan broadly don't plan with your obsessive and uh, ridiculous attention to detail because it will all get thrown out of the window within the first half hour and you will have totally wasted your time and now in addition to everything else you're also stressing about the fact that you're not following the plan anymore it's kind of like what neil said then yeah the whole idea of the books books give you such specificity briefly and then chuck them away (laughs) Uh, for me i think it probably would have been um the whole wave of emotion and like, you know, I'm, you know, like uh, th- this is the happiest day of your life. Uh, it, it wasn't like that for me. And I was expecting it to be at, you know, for a lot of it, I was like, wow, I'm waiting for this to like, you know, kick in and wait for the endorphins. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait for this to be just this like incredible, like tears of joy moment. But I was just, it was just so stressful. And by the end I was just relieved. It was over. Mm. I was so scared at so many points and i think if i just you know not been thinking i wait wait for this to be incredibly happy and just been told it's kind of like going on a long plane journey where the plane might crash at any moment (laughs) being awake for a solid 36 hours probably didn't help Yeah. yeah so i i can still remember being so so tired so tired so, so happy but tired. One, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, next question, um, Sharon. Do you want to ask this? One? Okay. Um, so, what were your best ways of getting through the difficult early years? And should we go back round the other way? Start with Gary. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and uh, no, no particular number, but you can you, between one and three, I suppose. Uh, I, 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 one of those things where. Um, when I look back now, it didn't seem so bad. I think it's worse at the time, but then you kind of look back. I don't know whether it's a sort of, uh, you know, a, a part of the human condition to sort of uh, mask uh, any difficulties you have with a child growing up. Your brain uh, filters very the bad bits so you'd never yeah, have any more. <laughs> I think they're pretty, I'm pretty sure that happens. I'm pretty sure. I think it certainly happens for women in childbirth. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing for me is that I'm, I'm – 
despite what I may appear on a, on podcast, I'm actually a very laid back, patient person, and I think that actually uh, worked out quite well, particularly as a as a couple, because my wife is the one who tends to be slightly the more emotional um, and um, more easily frustrated i suppose the best way to describe it mm. um whereas i tend to be the one who's a bit more sort of laid back and laissez-faire which is not always a good thing um but i think that balance helped certainly in in those early years you know if it was you know i do my bit and if it was too much then i was you know i could be quite patient you know and i've i've done the dad thing of you know taking the baby out at two o'clock in the morning and driving around for two hours to get to, get, to go to sleep you know, and I did, it didn't bother me doing that. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll just take him out. So um, I, I think that's the, my, you know, the, my best bit of advice for how to get through it, I guess. And just know that you, you get past it eventually. So the more chilled, the more relaxed, the, le- the, the more flexible you are, the less uh, it's going to be a nightmare. I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, Neil and I were talking a few weeks back, and I don't know he was, he was having a particularly tricky night with um, with Mikey, and I said to him, you know, it, it passes. You know, it, it's frustrating at the time, but give it, just be patient, give it time, and, and you know, that they, they all grow out of that phase. Well, they, hopefully they do. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> no, they, they do, they do. Uh, so to Neil, actually, then, yeah. What's, uh, your, what have been your best ways of getting through the difficult early years? Now, you're, you just, like, he's three or just about, so that means you got through the terrible twos, question mark? There wasn't so much in the terrible twos. Now it's getting a bit more awkward and oh, he's getting a bit more shroppy. But no, they, again, it's back to what Sun said and what I said earlier. One day at a time, don't get, try not to get too stressed and just don't worry as much it is a case of i can only stress it relax one step at a time is the easiest way to do it you know mikey is not the greatest at going to bed at all he doesn't like it but i know why it you know we spend all day with him Hmm. of course he's going to be a bit funny about having to go into a room on his own and go to sleep so we stay with him till he falls asleep and he's happy he might come and join us at five o'clock four o'clock in the morning it's not great but you know i take it one step at a time try not to get stressed it is hard because you will get tired you will get stressed you will start to wonder am i doing the right thing but that's normal it genuinely is normal it is just a case of take each day as it comes and you'll be fine uh brendan it's actually similar to what i've used when going through just particularly stressful times when dealing with you know either you've got a big emergency or a big family tragedy that you're having to go through um not that kids are, are a family tragedy. It's just that, well, I mean, they kind of are. It's just much more slow motion than usual. Um, but no, um, the uh, it, it's all about kind of the the focusing on self-care. I mean, part of what, you know, Neil and Gary are talking about is, is you've got to be relaxed, but you've also got to find ways to sort of like take care of yourself in between worrying about the little human that's depending on you for all these things. Because if you're only devoting your attention to them and only them every waking minute, eventually you're going to burn out and you're not going to be any good for them. So it's about like finding those little pockets of the day where they're otherwise occupied or they're, you know, asleep or or whatever, where you can do something that's just for you. That's going to make you feel good. That's going to, you know, be like, okay, this is nice and relaxing. Like, you know, one of the, one of the first things that I started doing with Marion was, Mab would sleep a lot when Marion was 
you know, first learning how to go to sleep without her. So I would be the one who was up trying to get her to get her to bed. And so I would just have her lying down on my chest and I would be, you know, doing something else. You know, maybe I'd be reading or, you know, this or that. Um, my Nintendo Switch got a lot of play <laughs> in the hospital when we first brought her home, you know, because she would be lying down, going to sleep on my chest. Well, what am I going to do? Walk around, sit in my chair? No, I'm going to lie down in bed and I'm going to play Zelda. You know, so it's finding ways that you can kind of take care of yourself and do something that is, you know, you're not wanting to ignore the kid, but you're also wanting to, you know, realize that you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of them. That's part of the whole, you know, the whole process. Similar sort of thing, to be honest, that the self-care element is absolutely key. One of the things that my mum has always said to me is it's all very well sort of telling yourself all these people are relying on you and you have to break yourself on the wheel to do what everybody else needs but ultimately if you go down where are they then so you need to take care of you if you want to be able to continue taking care of other people um and that's really key with parenting i think if i was going to say one thing if you're stuck think about what you would say to a friend who was in a similar situation what advice would you give somebody else Hmm. and then take your own damn advice (laughs) (laughs) because i I am really really bad at that so that's that's probably one tip as well as self-care if if you're you know in this with a partner and a a, a lot of parents will be um the, the parents who don't have a partner to hand are going to need a network of friends to help them get through or family because you need that support. Mm. So supporting each other through the stressful times. So you got the, uh, be chilled out self care, but also care about the other person who's there and, and, and take time to do stuff. That's not just kid related because you start to feel like you're this wired machine, just doing kid things and you feel guilty for not doing kid things. And, if you if you strain the relationship between the two of you, that's going to have a knock-on effect to everything else. So it's not being selfish to do that. It's thinking about things in a broader picture. It's part of self-care. You've got to look after yourselves. You've got to look after each yeah. other. You've got to keep that network in place. Hmm. The kid will thank you more for having a happy family than for saying, I sacrificed everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could, could somebody tell my grandparents that, please? I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting my DeLorean with it. I got good kids. Love my kids. I'm trying to bring them up the right way, not spanking them. Because they're trying to kill me, they are. You know, I try to explain the rules to them, you know what I mean? The rules go in one ear and out the other. Close the door. How hard can that be to remember? Close the door. You just open it, close it behind you. I have a dog. I've seen him close the door with his nose. And he's a dog. Apparently a kid's dream house is just a house with no doors. The leaves blow in, there's bats flying around there, they don't care. So a slightly more fun one. When did they first start getting into movies and how did you assist them? Neil. Um, I'll tell you what, he is absolutely in love with Pixar and Disney at the moment. Um, his current favourite at the minute is Monsters, Inc., mm-hmm. so I'm not complaining there. Um, he's 
it's more of a recent thing. He's started to be able to recognize and ask for things a lot more in the past couple of months. He's watched a fair few things with me, but he's probably not taken them in or anything. But no, he, he is a sucker for a good Disney film. Uh, so far, we've got Run the Gambit of both Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, both the Monsters movies, the Car movies. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you what, I know Cars 2 is terrible, terrible for adults. For a little kid, he flipping loves it. Oh. So I- <laughs> Did you just like start putting those on, and he started yeah. going? Yeah, I, I start like he recognised yeah, that. It's like we'd always have, you know, we'd have the TV on as background or something, and then you know he clicked and he'd uh, he, he'd say certain things. He likes the minion movies. He loved the minion movies. He likes all sorts of things like, along those lines. It's just something you have on, and over time they they recognise uh, and he, he starts to enjoy. It's like he can quote a lot of the films now, which is really, hmm. really cool. I remember when uh, Lyra first saw The Little Mermaid and uh, Ariel gets to the end of uh, the um, uh, part of your world and then gets all sad and Lyra cre- creased up and started crying because she, like, she couldn't even speak. She had no idea what the words were, but she completely got what was being conveyed in the song just in terms of emotion that this person wanted something but couldn't have it and obviously to to a small child that's like one of the first emotions they have really i want a thing and i can't have it (laughs) uh gary uh, pretty much the same as uh, as neil uh i would say and uh, and yeah, yeah she uh she loved the little mermaid as well yeah. um i the first film i took her to see that i know she wanted to go to the cinema to see was wreck it ralph which made me very oh, proud good <laughs> choice <laughs> nice so that, was, that was her first <laughs> cinema experience yeah she was three or four i think like Lyra went through phases of just wanting to watch the same movie over and over again. So she yes. would say Lion King, Lion King, Lion King. And then we'd put the Lion King on and it got to the point where she almost ruined the Lion King for me. Cause I saw it so many times and Kiki's delivery service was another one. And um, like, have you guys experienced that? Mm-hmm. Which one? Yes. Which ones? <laughs> Monsters Inc. Yep. Finding Nemo. Yep. Finding Dory. Yep. Cars. Cars 2. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. All of Kung the Fu above mentioned ones. <laughs> I don't mind because it's not one movie. Hmm. It's a, a couple of different. So when you're getting tired of one, you can go, no, shall we put Panda on? And he goes, Panda. Po. And it's like, yes, we'll put that on and change it up. So I'm lucky there. But yeah, cars. Car- hey, look, I have stock. I have Stockholm syndrome. I'm starting to like cars too. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> We've got to help him. Just in sheer self-defense. But now this is like well done, Neil, because you you hit on something there. It is easy to indulge your kids when they ask for the same thing over and over again, and kids will do the same thing over and over again uh, if if you don't. stop them and you've got to give them a good reason by saying nope you've seen that and i really want you to try other stuff because if you just say nope no cars too then they'll go why not i think having a handful in rotation that they like all of Hmm. them is probably a good way of doing it brendan um, the good news for neil is that like now that he already loves cars mm. give it about another like seven or eight years and you'd be like oh you, you still like cars well there's there's cars in this movie but there's also people in the cars like dom and <laughs> um for the record michael may have watched already seen a couple of those yeah you wouldn't have to wait that long lyra saw fast and furious when she was a lot younger mm. yeah she was uh, well into that but um 
with movies for for me oh actually we'll get to that when it comes to we we have a special section on on mature content but um yeah there's a special uh way of treating that in our house but um okay so brendan um you're still in the like barely comprehending what's going on phase and your kid might yep. also know what not know what's going on <laughs> um, yes. sorry uh, and, so, uh, I apologize. What's it like? And, and Mabry has Mabry has a, a very strict rule of no screen time, like in terms of like long movie stuff until she's three years old. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm like queuing up a whole bunch of stuff. So like, okay, so how are we going to dip our toes into this when you know when we decide that it's time for her to start watching TV and movies and like the the first movie i remember seeing not in the theater but just ever is the adventures of robin hood mm. um and one of the main characters in that is named marion so obviously that's going to be early in her rotation <laughs> but like you know we've you know we're kind of hoping to be able to wait until christmas when she's two and three quarters and show her the grinch as her first like long form mm. not not the jim carrey one the good one the cartoon one okay. um as her first like you know 30 minute thing to watch on the TV that she can watch with us over the holidays. And then like the first full length movie that we're, we're hoping to do is uh, my neighbor Totoro, uh, the Miyazaki one. Good Wonderful. That's and a- then after that, we'll just kind of see where her, where her interests take her. That's a very unusual situation. The whole no movies until she's three. Lyra had seen so much by the time she was three. I, it might be unusual for us, but I don't think it's that unusual. Really? General recommended guidelines that uh, kids shouldn't be watching screens for long periods of time when huh. they're, when they're little. Because because it, what are the it, risks? It, well, it's in theory it um, interferes with their ability to focus on other things. Um, it they get sort of in the habit of just staring at the moving screen and not being able to take in anything else around them. And obviously with children that are absorbing and learning constantly all the time, if you take up a big chunk of their day with a movie or two, mm. then that's basically time they could be doing other stuff and learning other things. Honestly, I can't refute that with Lyra. She has a mode she snaps into when she's watching stuff and it is very hard to snap her out of it. I think that's a... Um, a mindset she adopted early and it's possible that we made a mistake by showing her so many movies throughout her life. She knows that and can read movies like no other child you will ever meet, but she has difficulty flicking between concentrating on people talking to her when the movie's going on and looking at the movie. Like when I'm talking to her, I can see her eyes drifting back to the screen. It's like, no, look at me, look at me right here. Listen to me. What I'm trying to say to you. Basically, we've got to the stage where we have to pause it because there's no chance that I can compete with what's going on on the screen. Hmm. And it's it's going to be different for every kid. I mean, it's one of those. It, it is a, like a, a recommended thing, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what your kids responding to and what you know what's going to be good for them. And you know, like I'm not, you know, th- this is just what we've kind of chosen for Marion. And but. Part of it is also from, like, I didn't have a TV in my house until I was three years old. So I have, like, these very clear memories of starting to get into movies and media. And, you know, I, I don't want to, to do the, the thing where I'm like, love this like I do. Love this like I Be me. Be me. <laughs> um, but, but, but I would like to, you know, kind of, like, pass on that kind of, you know, this is something that, you know, that I would like to introduce to you, not just in that, you know, like, I, I don't want to do the thing where I just throw my phone out and it's like, here, distract yourself with YouTube. Like, I want to, you know, do things that I'm like, okay, this is, 
you know, this is an art form and this is how we can appreciate. And this is, you know, cause we, we already like read books to her. So we're, mm-hmm. we're getting into that, you know, that, that idea of imparting stories, but you know, I would love to like movies are so special to me that I want to do like, you know, I'm trying to come up with ways to try and make them like just, you know, special to, to her, Assuming she lashes on, I mean, maybe she's not going to be a movie person. She, you know, she might not be like, no, no, movies are boring. I, I like, you know, just books or something else. But you know, that's kind of what roller I'm, skates. kind of what I'm going. Uh, I like only like roller skates, or I only like, you know, I like making models, and that's how. I, but you know, that's that's one of those things. Is like this is this is a special thing for me in a special time, and here's how. Maybe it'll be special for you too. We'll see. There is a um, uh, a weird. Uh, choice you have to make when it comes to showing them specific things in order uh so like lyra doesn't have an appreciation for old movies like she'll watch and go it's in black and white it's old the acting is bad it's not grabbing me immediately because you know she was raised on brightly colored disney stuff and pixar stuff which is just like really tight storytelling it's really shaped very well to appeal to kids so then they have to like when they get a bit older they have to graduate to other things and lyra would differentiate between pictureful movies and not pictureful, meaning animated and not animated. And she, there was like a, she had turned her nose up at things that were old. So now, when you show her stuff, it's, it's got to be kind of for historical merit. So it's like, <laughs> yes, but this thing came years ago, and, and like you know, you have to appreciate it for that. And she's just like, mm, I guess I'll sit through it. But like, we don't. You can't show them the first movie ever, like the great train robbery <laughs> first to go, right, now we got a, over a century to get through, kid. <laughs> so we'll start with this, and within the next 40 years, we'll hit the Maltese Falcon. Uh, it's, it's tough, because there's so much cinema that exists back pre-Star Wars, which most kids won't want to watch, including me. <clears throat> uh, uh, Gary, I'm, I'm going like, to ask you straight away first, like, um, have you tackled that with Imogen? Uh, she loves Lauren Hardy, and that there was something I heard her from quite young. So, uh, yeah, she does no problem actually watching a black and white film. Um, I guess maybe because of that, but yeah, she found those hilarious mm-hmm. and still does watch them. So. A tendency, I think, that may work, and I've noticed it with Michael, is he very much likes sort of the pratfall slapstick comedy. So, getting them to watch something like Laurel and Hardy mm-hmm. or um, I'm Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, you might have better luck with because they'll because it's storytelling without words, and it's very easy for them to follow. Yeah, I think it's much yeah, like animation. Yeah, I've watched the like Jerry Lewis films with her and things like that as well. So mm. um, she's um, quite funny about that. She doesn't really have. I, I a lot of kids I know will not. You know, they'll look at stuff and go, "Oh, that's old." But she doesn't really have that attitude, and that's not something I don't think either of us have ever sort of imparted on her. It's just something she's developed herself, and she she's quite happy to watch things that are, were made sort of in the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties without really even questioning it. She just sort of watches it. Um, I think it's I if it's obviously aimed at kids, Lyra will be yeah. uh, much more receptive to it. If it's obviously yeah. aimed at adults in the fifties, she's going to have some difficulty. I think she mm. um, she's receptive to, to children's related programming, mm. uh, no mm. matter what it is. Yeah, but it's devil of a time getting her into Hitchcock. 
Yeah. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. Well, she sat through Psycho <laughs> and the Birds recently, and even I found Psycho boring this time. Mm. Uh, but uh, you know, the Birds was was we were pretty. It was pretty good. Kind of. Well, don't do that. Birds will get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, was... I kind of think the one, if you honestly, if you want to get her into Hitchcock, is the one that got me into Hitchcock. But it also might be too tense for them. It's Rear Window. Yeah, I was just about to say Rear uh, Window's again. She's seen Rear Window. Well, Rear Window's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, it is, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, there's there's a certain um, uh, fascination with the setup in Rear Window that uh mm. you know kids kids can understand what's going on yeah. she 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 got it um she so yeah she's seen that start out with two kids now we think there's 12 <laughs> starting to think that other parents are dropping their kids off at my house so they can puke shit their pants break stuff and then leave that's what the dog told me they are unbelievable you know if you don't have kids i don't know how to describe it to you i really don't i don't know how to describe it to you you know it's like uh i don't know what it's like it's like it's like having drunken midgets around the house. That's what it's like, folks. That's what it's like. It's like a, a rodeo clown car pulled up and 15 rodeo clowns got out and they're running around and you can't catch them. It's like there's monkeys on acid hanging off the lights. Come down and you can't reach them. Come down. You keep thinking that they're going to wake up one day and they'll go, oh, now I know the rules. But they don't. Just like listening to Umbop over and over again. Every day is the same thing. It always starts the same exact way. Close the door. Give me that bag of Oreos. You're not having Oreos for breakfast. No TV right now. Close the door. No, leave the dog alone. Will you please find your shoes? Give me that bag of Oreos. Find your shoes. You put your shoes on. I don't know where your shoes are. I didn't have your shoes on. Close the door. Put that... No, don't cut the dog's hair right now. Come on. Those are his shoes. Go tell him you have his shoes and then find your shoes. Close that door. Put the phone down. Who are you calling? You're too young to call anybody. Don't feed Oreos to the dog. Give me that bag of Oreos. No. Close that door. Yeah, no, no, no. Those are your shoes. I, they have to be. Who are you? I want ID. Let me see some ID. Do you have any advice for getting kids to engage with reading? We we read to Michael. I think that is a, probably a key start. But obviously, well, Michael can't read himself. Well, so yeah, but that's good enough. That's a really that's, really important. That's the start. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly it. Um, is that <clears throat> by reading to a child, you encourage the child to take an interest in how you do it, yeah. um, and I think they then start picking it up quite. You know, they get an interest for it. But I know um, when she first started. Uh, primary school um obviously the I, I expect all schools are the same but certainly our school um insist on uh, on her doing reading every single night of the week and we have to record it in the book and so I, I think that kind of the state kind of helps with that as well um and uh, again I, from what i've observed most most young kids you know before the age of 11 i mean i should mention i didn't mention this before i was actually a teacher so i i did teach primary for for three years um 15 years 20 years ago now um but from what from what i observe that you know kids get into reading and i actually work with special needs i work with um kids with dyslexia and even those kids were encouraged to get into reading by those routes you know having things read to them and and having the curiosity to be able to, to take things from the page and to be able to discover you know and use their imaginations from it 
Um, but I, 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 that's one area I think our education system actually does really well in, in encouraging kids to read. And, and, you know, kids' books and the libraries at schools are excellent. You know, you can't fault it, really. So uh, I've not seen that as much of a challenge, and she loves reading. I think for, for most children, certainly for me and, and for most of the kids I know, new um reading's kind of a bonding experience as well because if you if you sit in with your parent being cuddled and being read to it's it's a way of you know you feel safe you feel comfortable you're enjoying yourself and reading is a part of that and so you associate it with that that feeling of connection it really is um we we read to marion when she was still in the hospital um mab had a c-section and so we were there for like you know, three or four days um, just while she was recovering. And because the hospital was about 25 miles from our house, I, you know, we just stayed there. I stayed there instead of like trying to go back and forth, you know, to, to a different city. But, you know, I think her first book that we ever read her was, it might've been Good Night Moon. I know that's her, one of her favorites right now, but everything that we, you know, because we we did you know read some of those books before we chucked them out the window, but we were, <laughs> but you know, but one of the things that we were, and also we're both teachers, so you know, she teaches in mobile infants and I teach preschoolers, so we were both all about reading. So we're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna read to Mary, and we're gonna start this early, and we're also going to have her see us reading, so that she knows that reading is a fun thing you can do by yourself or with people, and. And that's like, you know, both of us come from reading families like my 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 dad, bless his heart, read me the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit because I demanded them when I saw that there was a picture of a dragon in one of those books. Hmm. And so I have these these brilliant like memories of that as a bonding experience. And also that was one of those. OK, this is this is how cool and in-depth books can be. And, you know, that's that starts, you know, before they can actually read you know, they can sit there and look at the pictures or listen next to you or help turn the pages like Marion already helps turn pages in her in her little books before she starts, you know, chewing on them whenever she's done reading them. But, you know, it's 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 an early, early thing to to get started on. And and it's it's hard to tell, like, how much she's really absorbing. But I do know she very much likes the little Robin Hood board book that we have that has made Marion as a character in it. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yep, that's your name. Yes, you like that book. Yes. And, and like, kind of giving giving them a connection to it, like, even as young as, you know, very early toddlers or even infants, they can, they can make choices. And you say, hey, here's two books I'm holding in front of you. Do you want to read this one or this one? And whichever one they reach for, it's like, oh, okay, we'll do that. So you, you chose this book. This is your book that we're going to read, giving them like ownership of that and making it mean something is, I think, a, a big part of getting to that. As opposed to shoving a book into their face and going, you're going to read this. Very because no one, res- no one responds to that. It's, it's the same as with movies. You don't want to sit them down and say, we are going to watch Hitchcock because Hitchcock is important movie film for movie film people. <laughs> That's what we said, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know those exact words. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you probably approached it at least like slightly more interestingly. Well, the, we but... said we have to review Birdemic tonight. It's important to watch this first. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's context that they can under that, that, that she can understand yeah. for that, as opposed to just why do I care about Hitchcock? Because movies. It's like when. Uh... 
we weren't quite reading Michael at the time, but he was very into Thomas the Tank Engine. My God, have I seen so much Thomas the Tank Engine? Um, I was. Did you see the one going... where the guy with the tank engine that's grumpy gets walled up alive? That was yeah. my favourite. <laughs> what? That's one of my favourites. It's one of the. That's like series. Well, that's not when we were kids. Once. We yeah. Just, it, it gets better. Don't worry. Okay. But I was going past the charity shop, and they had, and it's not the original Thomas books, but they had. It's basically a big thing of fifty Thomas the Tank Engine books, and I bought it. And we have he he loves it. We had to throw the box away because he played with the box when he was little. But now he, he gets the books, and he can tell you exactly who's on it. And he'll point at the pictures and say the name, and you read the story, and it's great fun. Again, sometimes it's paying attention to what they're into. So, say they're into Thomas the Tank Engine, and there's Thomas the Tank Engine books. Where you go that route, you, you're already appealing to what they already know they like. If they like Thomas the Tank Engine, so here's a book about Thomas the Tank Engine, and that will help. That will also help, you know, keep their interest. I distinctly remember uh, reading Hellboy to Lyra graphic novels and showing her the pictures. Uh, so you know she was gotten into like so this. Like, it wasn't the first thing I read her, but, you know, I remember when she got probably way too young still for Hellboy, but she had seen the Hellboy movies, again, way too young, and she loved Hellboy and saw him as this avuncular figure. So I showed her the, his expanded uh, comic adventures, and she loved that sort of dark art. And the... Um, the pancake story, though, is like, that's made for kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one of her favourites. It's a very simple, like, the you know, a bunch of demons sort of get together and go, oh, no, he is about to test... And then Hellboy gets given pancakes. He doesn't want to at first. He's like, I'm not going to like pancakes. And then he tries them and goes, <laughs> I love them. And that was when the the demons of hell realized that he was lost to them forever. And he cared only about human things. And I remember reading her The Gruffalo a lot and Room on the Broom. But who is this creature with terrible claws and terrible teeth in his terrible jaws? He has knobbly knees and turned out toes and a poisonous wart on the end of his nose his eyes are orange his tongue is black he has purple prickles all over his back oh help oh no it's a gruffalo That kind of segued into the, like, Lyra has difficulty reading. She can't focus, and books seem more inert to her than something on the TV. She, the thing is with Lyra, though, she's very um, movement-based in terms of, of her learning and how she absorbs things, She and she loves audio. She loves listening to That's to what I was getting around to. To audio books, but you, reading text is yeah. something she loses interest in. But I recorded myself reading The Gruffalo for her and added some music from fable 2 and uh she stuck that on her very early ipod she had, she had a sh- i think we gave her my old shuffle yeah and so she listened to that again and again and the audiobooks were the way she absorbed the harry potters like we didn't sit down and read them to her stephen fry did that i, I remixed the narnia uh, audiobooks and added uh, cinematic music to them to give them that real feel so that it wasn't all just you know uh, jack and ori and, and we uh, all sat around and listened to quite a lot of that together as well didn't yeah we? and uh, she got through philip pullman's um, his dark materials through the audiobooks as well mm. And uh, it's it's a way of opening up um, literature for, uh, for for kids who might 
look at words and go, I get lost in these things. And especially if the, if a kid's dyslexic, audiobooks are their friends. Yes, yeah. they are. I will yeah. say that as a dyslexic person. Yeah. Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octoroks tech tags levers, too. But with your help, our hero falls through. Yeah, go, Link. Yeah, get Zelda. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. Video games. <laughs> uh, which have you had the most success with? How did you get him or her into video games? And which ones are they playing right now? So can I tell the story which might get me into trouble then? Mm-hmm. So Does this I, get you Mortal into trouble Kombat. generally or just if Shona listens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Shona knows about this and she finds it hilariously funny. So to start off, I have played video games around Mikey. I've always, uh, now he's older and can probably understand the context of it more. I've, don't tend to play certain over-the-top violent video games around him. He has watched me play Gears of War and finds it very funny. But the thing that... (laughs) Oh, no, it's about to get a whole lot worse as Game Burst listeners know. So one of the things that I used to do when he was a little bit younger was I used to stick Let's Plays on, so, you know, and he'd enjoy those, especially with sort of the -the over-the-top sort of characters like Markiplier. And this is where this story goes. His favourite thing to watch was Markiplier playing Five Nights at Freddy's. <sighs> he did not find it scary whatsoever. He thought it was funny and still finds it funny to this day. He is not scared by Five He's scared by very little, to be honest. I've been playing Resident Evil just lately, uh, the remake, and he's been watching me play that. And Total he looked classic. for about... <laughs> he, watched me play, he watched me play it for about a minute, then wandered off because nothing was happening. <laughs> Hmm. Stop! Started playing Rest 4, and he came back, and he was like, oh, no, it's still happening. But um, I still think he might not have the context to find certain things scary, which yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's not got the context or it just doesn't bother him. I, I'm guessing hmm. it's probably just the context. But, yeah, um, lots of Five Nights at Freddy videos, and he just he was on the floor laughing, <laughs> <laughs> which was, I guess, which is actually kind of a good point to it, you know. He's learned that there's nothing to be afraid of there. So, was this? Uh, does this also contain the context of a guy screaming at the bear? Mm-hmm. So when the bear turns up, the guy goes, "Ah, okay." Yep. That puts it in uh, a, like a, a one-step removed filter to allow mm-hmm. the kid to laugh at the situation. Mm-hmm. I think that that <laughs> that rabbit has ridiculously oversized teeth. Well, my point no, being that the, is... the kid's not being directly exposed yeah. to it. He's able to see how that is funny for like, like Lyra, one of Lyra's favorite videos when she was younger was a guy being jump scared and putting his fist through a uh, monitor and then wetting himself. It... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's not that bad. Uh, the I also, as a lot of people know, I collect pop vinyls and I have quite a majority of the Five Nights at Freddy ones, which he can name. Oh, <laughs> this is not good, Neil. <laughs> um, I have get- created a monster. No, you've created the man without fear. <laughs> um, I, 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 hopefully, he ends up being like me, with the exception of like we discussed on the the, the Halloween show, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street. That's the only thing that's ever really scared me as a kid. But I've always been of the mindset I want to know how something's done. So I'm wondering if he might be the same way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary, uh, what uh, uh, what video games did you have the most success with at first, and which ones is Imogen playing now? Right. Um, so I would say. 
she plays games more than she watches television or anything else mm-hmm. or films. Uh, probably because she's my daughter, <laughs> you know, so she, she hasn't, she's, I would say 75, 80% of what's on my television is video games. Uh, well, I'm not, um, certainly when I'm home, there's hardly any TV watched. Uh, she, the first game she got really into was Ho Hokum, which I don't, not everyone will know, but it was uh, like an indie game where you controlled this like little snake thing, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of explored the environment and unlocked stuff by sort of solving very sort of simple environmental puzzles. And she got really into that, that and Doki Doki Universe, which is another indie game which um, basically evolved. You you had like a character, which hers was a cat, and you just went around sort of talking to various creatures who would just, their speech bubbles would would contain symbols, and those symbols would give you a clue as to the sort of item they want, and then you'd have to sort of find an item that matched that. She got really into both of those from a very early age, probably, again, sort of three-ish or so. Um, Whereas now, my God... So um, <laughs> she's she's still kicking your ass at Mario Kart. Uh, yes, she's actually she played she played online last night. Funny enough. Um, so Minecraft is the thing. Um, <laughs> uh, she spends hundreds of hours playing Minecraft um, and creating unbelievable things. Now, I mean, it started off she was just copying what she saw people do on YouTube. Um, and she's reached the point now where she'll just create entire cities and, and massive sculptures just off the top of her head. It's quite incredible some of the things she can make. But that's sort of come over a period of about four or five years of just playing, well, pretty much, I'd say, 80% of her time is playing Minecraft, hmm. of, her, of her leisure time. Um, I mean, she's, you know, she's... At school, she's friends with um, quite a few, you know, very good friends with quite a few of the boys for that very reason, because they have these kind of Minecraft planning sessions at school and talking about what they're going to create. It's 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 a phenomenon, that game. It really is with kids. Um, and we had, um, for her birthday last year, we had what's called a video game truck. I think mm-hmm. you probably have it up your way as well, where you can rent this truck and they have like five screens in it and kids will play on it. And it's like they a had... land party that you, you hire. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a big, massive van. They're pretty much all over the country now. It's a massive van, and in it there's like bench seating down one side, and then there's five big screens on the other, and it's normally air-conditioned, and they can hold about 15 kids. Um, And so when the van turned up, they had like FIFA, Mario Kart, uh, Minecraft. Um, What were the other two? I can't remember the other two were now. Anyway, when the kids had been in there for 45 minutes, and then they came out for something to eat, when they come out, every screen had Minecraft on it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you Which think about you... it, Minecraft yeah. is great for kids because it's 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 their generation's equivalent to Lego, only it's a yep. little bit more involved. Well, she still plays with that as well. I mean, she, uh, but yeah, absolutely. And she does like crazy things with redstone. You know, she'll create fully working machines and and just all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, a lot of it's picked up off YouTube. Um, that's like the inspiration, and then she kind of takes that and takes it one stage further and it's definitely this the thing now she'll sit there she'll have youtube on with bloody stampy or um, dynamite damn whatever it is damn T- T- tdm like spurting out stuff and then she'll be playing minecraft and absorbing both at the same time it's really quite strange it's you know what that's not to me i do that i will play something and have an audiobook or or, or youtube going i yeah. maybe not about the same thing but yeah, I do that a lot. 
and through YouTube, she's all, obviously discovered lots of other games, and so she's got into other things. So she plays a lot of The Sims, which can have awkward questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, she's playing that a lot recently. Um, but she'll pretty much try anything. I mean, she'll raid my PlayStation library and try most stuff. Um, but obviously, if it's not age-appropriate, she's pretty good at self-regulating in that respect. I think there was only one time when she was playing Life is Strange, and I said to her, no, turn that off. Right. Um, hmm. Because that wasn't obvious, because she obviously didn't know where that was going to go, and I knew where it was going to go, so I was like, no, no, we don't play that one yet. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, she sort of self-regulates, because she doesn't really like anything that's got, you know, uh, like Gears of War, for example, she'd turn her nose up at that. Um, but no, she'd try anything, really. And it it's often fascinates me, some of the things she gets into, um, you know, like Octodad and the like. It's interesting what um, Neil said about uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's playing into the fear response. Lyra at the moment is having, uh, like she said, Dad, ne- can you never show me a horror movie ever again? And I'm like, <laughs> that's a, uh, like, I haven't been showing her like really terrifying horror movies. I've been like going out of my way to show her like good horror movies. And just, like, she's okay. She'll go, is this a horror movie or a psychological thriller? And I go, it's a psych thriller. And she'll go, okay. So I can hopefully not have it. She doesn't want scary face jump scares. I, I want to do the five nights <laughs> of Freddy's. Neither would we. <laughs> um, the, the, but she, like, she said, that I just don't show me horror movies ever again. It's like, okay, so your relationship with fear is kind of the other direction to um, Mikey in it that not, she's scared be of being that. scared. Uh, it but, might not be that. She might just be fed up of the... That so many things do rely on those jump scares. Yeah, that they irritate me now. I don't. I, I'm not frightened by them. They're irritating. So you might find them irritating. But with relate regards to trying video games, uh, the other day I started playing Oxenfree with her, and I was uh-huh. like, well, "This seems like it might be a little bit scary." And she went, "No, I love this." Don't you dare turn this off. And she basically insisted on taking the Switch controller and playing the whole way through over two lengthy sessions. Yeah. And, and she ate up the room games. Yeah. That yeah. which are on iPad have had and are quite mm. scary and yeah. eerie. Like she can take eerie. She just doesn't like like scary face jump yeah. scares. But while I can't get her to sit down and watch a horror movie because she's so scared of being scared, I can't get her to not play suspense and and ghost story games but we talked about that uh, or i talked about that to her and why that was something that she she felt like she was okay with and i think it's that element of control because Mm. she's she can dictate what happens next if it's getting too much she can stand still and she doesn't have to advance into the next bit Mm. there's a there's a feeling that she can react to what's happening what if you're being chased by a thing you can't choose then pyramid head starts barreling down the street towards you You can't be like (laughs) i'm going to choose to not do anything if If you pause it you can pause a movie but if your fear response is being evoked and you're actually doing something Mm. that that dispels it a little bit. That's kind of what it's meant to do. It's meant to get you to do something. And while you Side note, be... I'm not letting her play Silent Hill in case you're worried. Um, but no, you, you may not be physically running away from something, mm. but you are using that adrenaline to do something and make choices. And, and it's, mm. it's effectively being able to do it on the small scale what it's meant to do in the first place. Um, the room games it's the uh, the Puzzle method of interactivity it, yeah. it's the fact that she's using her hands to actually mm. touch things and move them 
around because like I said she's very kinesthetic in how she learns and absorbs things I think she probably likes video games maybe even more than movies mm. and yeah. then yeah she's huge on interaction yeah and then TV and then underneath that probably comics and underneath that books mm. but underneath that toys we'll come to that in a, in a, in a while but that regards Minecraft I was going to say oh we've got to get Lyra on a, a server with Imogen but from the sounds of it Imogen needs to teach Lyra some stuff because Lyra is in Minecraft day after day after day doing the same thing as she does with Lego making houses just house after house after house they're elaborate but they're still just houses mm. Yeah, but, but I, some people find that relaxing. I'm terrible yeah. at Minecraft. I need your two to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, I, don't, I think most of it she's learned from YouTube, hmm. um, and she, 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 you know, she plays survival mode now and plays all the online stuff as well. You know, it's 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 really. Um, I think that game is is really great for kids hmm. in that uh, the hook is there in that you know you can create stuff, but there's a whole load of other stuff. There's so much depth in that game. Hmm. That you know, kind of introduces them to more complex video games as well. I should have mentioned earlier the other one I would recommend is Scribblenauts. Yeah, which is interesting because there's, there's there's a new Scribblenauts game coming soon. So um, yeah, she she absolutely she's completed Scribblenauts I think four times on the on the Wii U, and she's got it on her iPad as well. So she loves that game. Um, but again, that's, it's it's creative, isn't it? It's it's thinking about. Uh, a solution to a problem hmm. um, and it appearing in the game, which is kind of what you do in Minecraft as well. Yeah, thinking outside the box. Uh, Lyra's uh, um, well into her DS. Um, we, we had to have quite a few long talks about uh, playing DS at night when she goes to bed and is supposed to yeah. be sleeping and is getting up and playing DS. And it's like... We it, ha- it is currently being stored outside her bedroom. For yeah, that so very that, yes, no, we do that as well. It's it's no no DS and no iPad in the bedroom. Yeah, and occasionally she will hide it under the pillow, but obviously yep. I'm not that stupid. Mm-hmm. We've had that too. Yeah. And, and I'm stood there going, "Yeah, I used to do this with books when I was a kid. I'm not yeah. daft." But I remember having a conversation with her where we like she said it wasn't me who did it; it was my ego. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, it wasn't my that ego. It, it was my id. Uh, and I said, okay, your id, like the Hulk inside well, stop you. Stop eavesdropping on mummy's psychological conversation. No, no, no. We, we talked to her about the three components of the psyche. And so she understood that the superego is the parent and the, the id is the toddler inside you just doing whatever it wants. But she used it as an excuse. And I said, well, no, you're, you're also you're in charge of the id because you are also the superego. You're the parent who needs to say, no, id, go to sleep. <laughs> And well, she yeah, said, "Well, I don't think I can be. My id can be trusted." And I said, "Well, then you're saying you can't be trusted." You'll sit down in front of Forbidden Planet. That will show you what happens if your id runs out of control. Jeez. Um, and another thing I'd recall is uh, when I used to started her off very early on. It was like side-scrolling brawlers because those are like really simple. Like you moved over here and things try and attack you, and you hit them quickly first. Um, uh, you know, was, uh, I thought, right, if I can be in this game at the same time, I can show her, look, I'm smacking these guys over here. And she got really hyper competitive. And she was like, no, don't hit him. I want to hit him. And then I was like, right, okay, so you hit him. And then she got hit and she'd get upset because she was being beaten. And then she got upset because I was also hitting guys. And then she got upset because I wasn't hitting guys. And then she basically wanted to win the game against me. And I said, do you understand what co-op means? <laughs> nope, because little kids are competitive yeah. as it would appear so. So, Brendan, um, what what have you got planned? I'm guessing well, not Five Nights at Freddy's. 
I'm I'm actually really glad that I held on to my Wii because um, I think maybe the uh, maybe like the platonic ideal of like early kid co-op is Super Mario Galaxy mm. with the you know one star person controlling grabber. Mario and the other person doing the star and collecting the bits and mm. shooting the little star bits out and helping Mario jump further. Um, so you know stuff like that just to get her get her the idea of interacting with something that's on the screen. Um, I, I guess I can't really say that Breath of the Wild is the first game that she played with me because, I mean, she was asleep on my chest. I, I can't really count that. Yeah. Um, but but she did help me find a heck of a lot of shrines. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, but so so that's that's like, kind of, you know, I, I don't want to do too much of the, you know, well, Nintendo is for little kids, so lots of Nintendo. But, I mean, that particular gameplay mechanic really, mm-hmm. I think, will will be a good dipping the toes in and then, and then after that, it's going to be just kind of, you know, what what have I still got that works that she might be interested in? Mm. I'm, you know, I'm sure that, like, Minecraft is going to be a big thing for her because, um, I mean, it's just, you know, like, kid, I, I have not met a single child who doesn't like building stuff. Mm. And it's just a game about building stuff. So I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll probably get some mileage out of that. That's also like very them driven as, you know, she can be like, okay, I want to, I want to make a giant dragon. That's also a pony that's pink and, and breathes spaceships. And it's like, okay, so we're going to, I'll help you do that. And we'll figure this out together. has a little bit of a stigma for old games as well as old uh, movies like uh, when I first got the NES Mini um, uh, you know this was just a stroke of incredible luck like I said you know Sharon went into town and I and and said can I get you anything and I said oh just pop your head into game and see if they got a NES Mini they had one and it was like it was during the time when they just didn't have any anywhere and it was like everyone was giving up on them and I said could you please get it please and, and so she did. So thank you very, very much. You're we were welcome. incredibly lucky there. Um, but yeah, Lyra loved the idea. She was like, oh, fantastic. 30 NES games. And then we started playing them. And she was like, well, this is rock hard. Well, this is ugly as hell. Well, this is horrible. And like, we went, we plowed through all 30 in really quick succession. She was like, this is unplayable. Nope, it's horrible. I hate this. What's this? Mega Man? More like Crap Man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Crap Man 2. And, um, yeah, no, uh, she, she wasn't that. Making our daughter sound like she, she wasn't that obnoxious. She, she did um, try to play, but, like, that whole thing about, you know, the, they would never have survived the era. Back, back in the days when you had to get good. I swear, sometimes I wish all the casuals in the world were forced back in time to the 8-bit era of the 80s just to see how spoiled and soft they are. They would have ever survived the era. That was back when we had nothing to do and each game cost $50 and we had to really, really want each game. And so we would put that effort into Mega Man 2. And now the difficulty spikes too high for a lot of young kids, so they might need to grow a little bit to, to sort of develop that 
stick-to-itiveness. Mm. It's kind of knowing where it's going, though, as well. Mm. I mean, I sat and played The Hobbit on the Spectrum for hours and hours and mm. hours and hours at a time and convinced myself... In fact, I read The Hobbit, the book, to give me some hints as to how I might be able to do the game. And that thing was unfinishable. But um, we had more luck with the Super Nintendo because it just it just looks prettier. All of those games, yeah. and 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 there are some more accessible like, t- kinds of games in there. But um, it took me a long while to get her into Zelda because uh, she loved the idea of Zelda. But when she was actually in Zelda, she kept restarting. And it's like you, you got through the Deku Tree. It's done. The Deku Tree is done. <laughs> Please don't start Ocarina again. You've got to press on. And uh, I think she restarted um, Wind Waker three times and said, well, I ate my chilies and there were no other chilies. I can't find any. So I've got to start again. I was like, this this is insane. You've got to push on. It's such a huge game. Uh, and uh, she, she gives up a bit too easy. It's, it's like, if she was playing World of Warcraft, she would be just like me when I was playing it, which is just... Well, I'm at level 20 on this class. Let's re-roll. Let's re-roll. New character. <laughs> well, got to level 20. Re-roll. Um, so, yeah, the, the stick-to-itiveness is something you, like that you might need to, to help monitor them with and, and just like keep, get, help them like keep a log of their pro- progress or just like help them feel like making their way forwards is an achievement on, it, on its own. You know, just yeah. the idea that, 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 like, not just flitting like a gadfly between each and every title, because there's now so much available, which yeah. we didn't have. I, I do think a lot of that comes down to individual children's personalities, though, because um, with Lyra, I think a lot of it is she's picked up my um, perfectionism and she's yeah. and my tendency to go, oh, well, I've balls this up, right? I'm just going to throw it all out and start again. Mm. So if she feels like she's done something wrong or she could have done something better or there's a... It, it's not even a question of a score, just if she feels like there's something she missed that she could do with going around and doing again or mm. she changes her mind about how she wants to, to build something. She's playing... Um, oh, God. What's the... the Farm game. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. She yeah. has sunk hundreds of hours into that thing. Yeah, but she suddenly decided that one of the she's she's really into the the relationships concept and mm-hmm. the idea that you can um, develop friendships with people. But she got really close to like getting maximum relationship points. I don't know what it's hearts or something. I haven't looked at the specifics of it, but. Um, with with one particular person and then suddenly decided that she actually wanted to be friends with a different person and for some reason you can't be f- maximum friends with both of them so she well you can't have two besties new... no, well indeed so she started a new character and, and kind of went back to the beginning again so that she could work up the relationship tree with this other person yeah there are times when she will jack in like professor layton and the curious village do you remember that yeah. she would get yeah. through the first six puzzles and she'd get to the seventh one and get stumped and start the game again and it's like you do realize you're, you're gonna, gonna go through the same the puzzle. six puzzles again <laughs> yeah. what why I, well maybe that's part of it maybe it's yeah. maybe it's the same kind of comfort thing where you know you have some kids who like really gravitate especially early towards i'm gonna watch this movie 19 times yeah mm-hmm. you're like okay i know this opening level of this game really really well i'm just gonna do it again because i know it i feel secure it's a yeah. safe environment yeah. it's an easy yeah, that task sense. that i can immediately go out and do 
I honestly can't quibble with that. World 1-1, I could do with my eyes shut now. (laughs) (laughs) And Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Like, I haven't played that game in 20 years, but I could probably just pick it up and just, from sense memory, get through that. Hmm. I just didn't figure it as being like, the big RPGs are so grandiose, and there's so much crap to have to sit through. Mm. It just doesn't feel like the same as, like, starting a game that just immediately starts like that. It, I just, I'm not seeing them as the same thing. But you're, you're right, there are definitely parallels. Um, and what's the other one she really likes? Animal Crossing and yeah. Mario Kart. She likes Animal versions. Crossing, but the elements of it that she really likes are the house building. Yeah. I mean, you said about the house building in Minecraft. If there's a, a game that has any element of house building and, mm. and choosing furnishings and things like that, she is in there. She'd probably play The Sims then, she now that you mentioned it. She would play The Sims. Yes, she would play The Sims. <laughs> she, she's destined to be one of those um, modders that just build player houses in Skyrim because yeah. some of those are so fantastic. So, yeah. Someday you'll thank me for this, son. Not bloody likely. No, it's true. You know, when I was a boy, I really wanted a catcher's mitt, but my dad wouldn't get it for me. So I held my breath until I passed out and banged my head on the coffee table. The doctor thought I might have brain damage. Dad, what's the point of this story? I like stories. Look, can we please go to the movie? I know my punishment might seem a little harsh, but I can't go back on it. You're welcome to watch anything you want on TV. TV sucks. So back to the screens again. Which TV have they responded to the most over time? So which have become their favourites? Right, this is a difficult one for me because she's not really a big TV watcher. Then it should be easy. You just remember (laughs) the only thing she's ever watched. Well, she was really into bloody Peppa Pig for God knows how long. (laughs) Peppa Pig. It's just kids. All kids are into Peppa Pig. Why is the appeal of that little swine? It's the same thing as Frozen. It's plastered on everything. They can't get away from it, so they just go, what the hell? Fortunately, she never got into Frozen. She Hmm. kind of turned her nose. She said to one of her friends once, I don't watch Frozen, I prefer Star Wars. Nice. <laughs> it was quite quite cool, but um, yeah, Peppa Pig. But no, she. I mean, the only two, the two TV shows that she watches, she doesn't actually watch them on television. She watches them on uh, DVD. So she loves horrible histories. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got all of the box sets of that, and she loves SpongeBob, which I'm not. Oh, I really, actually, I, I detest SpongeBob, but mm. she loves it. So those are those are the two that she goes back to a lot. Lyra um, loves horrible histories. These two should hang out, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and horrible histories is so funny. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, she loves those. So yeah, that's that's better really. But to be honest with you, it, it I think this is true for a lot of kids now. It's YouTube. YouTube is the big thing. Um, you know, there's just so much content on there, and people like Stampy. You know, his content is so good. Um, it's actually better than I think. You know, some of the stuff that's produced on, you know, the terrestrial television, where there's mm. a lot of investment in trying to produce quality programming, and then you've got this guy down here actually isn't he? he's down in Southampton this here all Bournemouth you know he's he's putting out real quality material that kids just lapping up uh, I don't know if you know he, he does like science stuff as well oh nice uh, as well as the as well as the Minecraft stuff he does like a science show where he they go into um, you know like how the human body works and oh how... he's a Minecraft cat I've literally never heard of yeah. this guy but it feels like Lyra would love him well, yes, that's his. That's the character that he uses in Minecraft. Yeah, right. um, but he d- he does a lot more now. Like, so he's got all these spin-off shows and stuff that he does, just about science. But his his programming is so good. It's just aimed directly at that sort of five to ten year old audience. You know, it's 
pitch perfect. Uh, and he makes his he makes his um makes his videos with his partner and their friend and mm-hmm. they you know and Imogen loves them. Although his voice will drive you mad. Oh god, right. Okay. So I'm going to have to sort of expose Lyra to this but not let her play it ad nauseum because I'll uh I'll go insane. That that there's a there's a threshold which um I like I she's yeah she's beginning to work out what annoys me and she doesn't want to keep pushing me so she will often abandon things if they if they seem like they're going to make things worse. Uh, but I will introduce her to this Mr. Stampy Cat guy. Stamp, yeah, Stampy Long Nose, yeah. No, no, and also she'll get a lot of inspiration on uh, Minecraft from that as well. Yeah, That's what I was build. thinking. Uh, to, to build something other than a house, that would, that, yes. that'll be worth the annoyance, frankly. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've got a little system going at the moment where um, she she earns points for doing like household chores like feeding the dog and, um, and tidying a room up and things like that. And then she can trade those points for uh, stuff she likes. Time and, uh, it's a good idea. And things like that. So, but, but we have this system whereby if she's, if she, there's something that we want her to see, she can have that for free. Mm. So it's a neutral thing. <laughs> and if it's like a historical movie, uh, we will give her points for giving it her time as a thank you for that. So it's it'll it might make her a little bit mercenary. I'm worried about that, and I'll be watching make, her closely. I, I grew up on a that. point system, mm. and it didn't make me mercenary. Unfortunately, we implemented the point system long before she started cashing this stuff in. So she was watching a load of TV for free whilst accruing points. And now she's a millionaire, and we're trying to get her broke so that it can matter. And we're like, do you want to see three or four TV shows now? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there is that to worry it's about. A, it's a work it out as you go along yeah. kind of system. Uh, Neil, uh, what TV has really appealed to, uh, so far to Mikey? Right now for Mikey, a lot of the stuff that catches his attention is... Um, for the longest time it was Paw Patrol, but we've moved on from that because we've watched everything we can. Mm-hmm. So the thing, we don't have television. We don't like have over-the-air television. We just have Netflix and, yeah. and Prime and, and now TV. I think that's going to become an increasing thing uh, moving forwards. So he was into Paw Patrol and still loves Paw Patrol quite a lot. But what really appeals to him now is things like Umizoomi and Blaze and the Monster Machines. Anything where... The, the show talks to him and encourages him to do something to, to either count or to to learn shapes and things like that because it engages him. It's back mm. to the engagement thing. He, he's very keen on that. So that's what generally does engage him. That and something that kind of follows on with a, a later question, although we've had to ban him from YouTube because he spent a lot of time watching. The way I can describe it is people that make stories using toys and he just gets far too into it and gets really... Manny, if you try and turn it off and stuff, so we we, we kind so of like stop l- that. low rent robot chicken where they go, got like the holding action figure. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's that. It's not like that. I think there's clearly effort, and they do care about what they're making. But he just mm. got too into it and wouldn't let it go. So right. it was like, no, okay, okay. we got to scale you back here and you know, back on Sigmity. I have tried him with stuff like Sesame Street, and that and that doesn't seem to have clicked with him, which is mm. kind of a shame. Lyra but... never much liked Sesame Street either, and that mm. feels like a shame because it's my, my mum muppety. Had an observation about Sesame Street though, which I think is a good point for for British kids particularly. There's a there's almost a 
a dissonance between the age range emotionally that Sesame Street's aimed at and the educational level because mm. the American school system, I mean, Brendan, I could be wrong, but co- correct me on this if I am. I think the American school system starts a little bit later. So you've got storylines that are aimed at kids who are sort of six, seven, eight, but the educational level is sort of three, four, five over here. It's, it is something like that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, um, pre-K and kindergarten is pushing for stuff that like, you know, I was doing in first grade. So, you know, I mean, I, I remember being really into Sesame street because I was into a lot of like the skits, Mm. um, like the Grover in the restaurant skit. And like, you know, I, I was into that stuff more than I was into the educational stuff. Um, but you know, between, between cultural things and personal things, like there's really no telling how, into you know that people are going to be i mean it it might also be like a generational thing that you know we're just more interested in puppets than than the kids are these days you might have a point there lyra embraced muppets christmas carol but we tried to show her the muppet show and she was just like what no she liked the muppet show <laughs> she? she watched oh, it repeatedly it no it was sesame okay, street that she was like what okay. yeah I have shown him a particular episode of The Muppet Show because it features an artist he likes, and he was very into that. An artist like Mark Hamill or... Uh... A musical artist, because he, he has his daddy's taste in music. Marilyn Manson him. was on it? <laughs> of course. No, I showed... no, 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 no. I showed him the Alice Cooper one. Ah, no. I was close. Ah. I was thinking of something gothy. I think once Teletubbies hit, I was like, I cannot trust my children with future TV programming. Although Charlie no. and Lola. Charlie, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, the Charlie one and Lola, yeah, that went very well. When she was a kid. She also liked Peppa Pig a bit, but uh, it was Charlie, uh, Charlie and Lola mostly. Well, the... actually, Charlie and Lola, I have, to, I have to blame because she won't eat tomatoes. All because of that. <laughs> but the whole point of I, won't, I will never, ever, not ever eat a tomato is that she eats them at the end. I know, but she won't eat tomato because of Brilliant. that. Oh, we got yes, Lara to yeah. eat green eggs and ham. <laughs> yep, no. <laughs> I was speaking of books, that was one of my favourite books to read her when nice. she was little. I yeah. love the dogs. Us too. Dogs Dogs and Hands my favourite. Yeah, she loves the Lorax The Lorax now, and, actually, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, there, there was uh, two or three major TV shows when she was a kid. When she was three, uh, we showed her, for the first time, because we had never seen it before, The Last Airbender. And I think if you've got a kid of three or four who's quite grown up for that age... That's a really good show to get them into. She like she got into bending and the, the martial arts side of it and just the, the spiritual side of it. And the characters are so wonderful. And it just raises the bar on kids' programming. Mm-hmm. So like my hope was, if she sees something that's really good, when she gets handed crap, she'll be able to smell it. And it's largely worked. Like, when we tried to show her Thundercats afterwards, she was like, this is a bit silly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've tried to, Michael, with a couple of, like, those cartoons we grew up with. So I've tried, Mum. She likes the real... I tried Transformers. He's not so keen on, but he's getting better on it. He's now worked out cars turning into robots, and that's cool. He likes cars. Uh, The original Turtles cartoon, which he quite liked. Mm-hmm. Real Ghostbusters, which he quite like. He can recognise the song now, which is quite funny. Nice. Um, but the one thing I showed him that I thought, oh, I'll just stick this on, because he pointed out, because I got like one episode in my iTunes, and I thought, well, he's never, not going to stick with this. No, nope, I ended up having to watch the whole damn series. The Batman. The Batman. The, the Batman. The younger Batman, who's like uh, much more sort of 
um, unsure of himself. He really liked it. Yeah. Which surprised me. It's got a less disturbing Joker in it, which is nice. Which he... Yes, this is the problem I now have with my son. He likes the villains more than he likes the heroes because he loves Joker. I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> That's the Kevin Michael Richardson. Joker talks like this! It's uh, <laughs> it's the crazy hair one with the straight jacket. Mm. Yeah. 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 But it's got lovely sort of poppy, um, sort of slightly anime-inspired art. Has, has mm. he tried Teen Titans yet? Ah, I should try that one. I haven't thought about that. I'll that seems that like a, a lock for kids. It's more, more fun. I think with with him, he will sort of watch a few episodes of, of those, but he's, he, it's, they don't grab his attention like, say, Umizumi or, or um, Blaze because they, they have those interactivities there. But it's nice that he'll sit and watch them. And it still makes me laugh that I can fire up Ghostbusters on my phone mm. and within a few beats he goes, Ghostbusters is like... <laughs> <laughs> Lyra's been big on superheroes since she was tiny. She, she uh, got into uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and uh, Justice League Unlimited, which are the cream of the crop. And mm-hmm. uh, so, like, if you want to, like, give them primers before the movies start coming in, those series that are close to the comic books, so they'll they'll have those points of reference mm. really help. Yeah. Brendan, <clears throat> I, I'm aware acutely that this has been very, very British slanted of, of most of the stuff that we've been talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, But is there, is there anything... That British Spider-Man. <laughs> well, not that, obviously. But... Well, he is. <laughs> now. <laughs> of course. <Good> point. Yeah. <laughs> He's been British for a while, actually. He has. Oh, God. Yeah, he has. Um, We stole your superheroes. (laughs) And Batman. Is there anything that you've got in mind um, for Marion that's that's sort of that side of the Atlantic? Um, Well, I I don't want to be, like, throwing out any hot takes, but I also think that that Avatar The Last Airbender show is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, We're actually only now, like, getting getting around to finishing it. like I, I've never actually watched the entire thing before. Like I'd seen the first season years and years ago, and then we just never got around to finishing it until like mm-hmm. now. And so we're like, okay, yes, this is going to be one of the early things she watches. Um, I also have a feeling that will will I or nil I she is going to like Paw Patrol because mm-hmm. um, I, I would like to go back in time and kill the person who invented this because it's brilliant, and I want this idea <laughs> of talking dogs who are also community helper people like that. That just seems like that's something that kids are just obsessed with by themselves. And you mash them together. And it's like, how did this not happen before? Um, but she is obsessed with her dog. She loves Alistair. And she is like, just anytime she sees a dog, she loves dogs. So I know that she's going to be into stuff with animals. So I, I'm sure that we will have, I'm sure we'll have Paw Patrol um, stuff. Uh, going on in the house, but um, like it, it's kind of like what what you guys did with Lyra is like Avatar is is one of those things that I really want to introduce her to, especially since it's it's got some deeper stuff, but it's also very accessible in terms of there's lots of really fun comedy. There's very clear goals, um, especially early on, is is get away from the people who want to get us. Yeah. And it's got an ethical really- backbone to it as well. Like it's be, be good to each other is definitely threaded through. Exactly. And it's also very pretty to look at just in terms of like, hey, I am playing around with elements that I'm familiar Earth, air, you know, kids know what earth, air, fire and water is from a fairly young age. Mm. Oh, my gosh, they can control that. That's inherently interesting. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, and also I think one main advantage with it is that like the Harry Potter series, the deeper stuff scales up. So it starts fairly simple and and self-explanatory. And as the kids get older and absorb it, it gets more complex and and stretches them as they go along. Yeah. And in uh, more recent times, Lyra's favourite TV show is... Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. She's gotten really into the mystery elements of it. It's uh, uh, it's a, a, you know... There's also a slight coming-of-age feel about it. Like, these kids are 12, they're about to be 13, they go to stay with their Grunkle Stan in uh, this mysterious American town in the Northwest, and, um, like, strange things are afoot. So it's kind of like Eerie Indiana, which is a show that um, inspired uh, Alex Hirsch to to make it. And um, so it's, it's like, as with The Last Airbender, it's this unfolding, like, major thematic mystery plot but with each episode being its own thing so it's it's really you know well put together so it doesn't feel like you're just watching parts of a serial neither does it feel like is this going somewhere because it's it's it it handles both um jobs at once Mm -hmm. Uh, but here's the thing she also watches a lot of like sitcoms meant for sort of more adult crowds and i suppose this could go under the uh um the, the mature content thing, but it's not really what I'm thinking of, of. Like, she saw Community before Friends, before Frasier, and so there's this weird, like, scaling thing where, like, f- like Friends is more basic than Frasier, which it's, is more basic than Community. So, kind of, how do you go back from there in terms of comedy? And, like, she saw The Office before all of them, and now she's, like, finishing off uh, Arrested Development, um, like with us, like we grew up with this very these various comedies, and so like as a new year came by, comedy like jumped up a notch. But with kids, you can't immediately show them the more basic stuff because it might be more adult. And and like Community has a lot of really like fun things which kids might like. It's also a bit grown up, but um, it's a tough juggling act when you're showing them like lengthy um, sitcom TV. Mm. Yeah, I think the best um, way of doing that is just to be guided by what they respond to. If they're really mm. just not interested in something, then even if you know it gets really good in a few episodes, it's probably best <laughs> to kind of leave it for now and come back to it later. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But, um, like, she didn't initially take to Friends, mm. but, like, uh, maybe just, like, pick out a really good episode and then go back. But that, that's all about engagement with the characters because the, the episodes mm. themselves are often quite repetitious in terms of what the jokes are and, yeah. and things like that. Okay. I mean, I've tried with Michael to get him to watch stuff like Flash and that, and he, he likes the silly superhero power bits. The only thing that's... I can't believe I'm about to use this in a sentence. The only thing that's more, that's sort of grown up that he still loves, that he's loved from a little baby to now, is the wrestling <laughs> he loves wrestling I, I know exactly what it is it's the the characters are bright and colorful for mm-hmm. the most part the colorful entrances and he likes the sort of the physicality of it yeah me not so much because when i'm getting dived on him it hurts but oh he wrestles you yep oh that's sweet <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lyra, Lyra loves The Rock just as a personality. She, you know, she she uh, hugely respects him. So I think if I was gonna like, she try her on wrestling and see what she she's thinks. seen a bit of wrestling and she likes the uh, the idea of it, but she hasn't got into the whole soap opera side of it. Mm. And uh, it's difficult to really 
convey that in just a few matches if you've got a DVD of like best of The Rock or best of Triple H Plus there's like example. 40 years of continuity uh, yeah it's like, it's like it's like a soap opera of any other it kind it is a soap opera but yeah. I think if you want Lyra to to like wrestling NXT is where you go and whatever you do for the love of God do not show her old rock promo wise okay because there's way too much reliance on homophobia and things uh, in there that are terrible. Oh, bit, as in, like, yeah. your, your candy ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, The Rock's promo style when he was back wrestling, even when he was back a few years ago, relied heavily on stuff that just it doesn't work now. You're like, no, that's, that's no, it doesn't work. <clears throat> no more Rudy Poo candy ass. Okay, then. If you, if you want them to show us something that's guys now that are quite funny, I recommend The New Day group of guys that are hilariously funny okay and yeah look up the new day and i think she might enjoy that because they're really funny and your life immediately when they hit age five becomes about quiet you just want peace and quiet. that's what you want you want the fighting to stop can't we all just get along you turn into rodney king you do if you don't have kids take this note down don't buy the toys that make the noise that's the key thing. If there's a toy that has a button on it that makes noise, they're going to press that button like Bart Simpson over and over again for days at a time. Blah, 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 blah. The friends come over. Hey, cool. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. So you stop buying the toys that make the noise. But then you know what happens? The in-laws buy the toys that make the noise. They drop them off at your house and then they leave. And you're stuck with the toys that make the noise. You heard about the Darth Vader bank toy? Oh, oh, let me tell you about this toy. So don't buy this toy. Mark that down too. The toy is this big. It's bigger than the kids. It's Darth Vader. He's standing like this. He's got that super duper Oakland Raiders helmet on. You know what I mean? Here's the gig with the toy. The kids put money in the front of the mask. Okay. And here's what happens immediately after the coin goes in. For fifteen fucking minutes, and they bring the other kids from the other houses over, and they put money in, so it goes on for hours. Use the fourth loop. The third day, the mechanism breaks. Yes, so now it doesn't need money to go off; it just goes off randomly in the middle of the night. And in my house, my kids and my wife, they sleep like wood, not me. I'm an insomniac. I find myself 40 years old, naked, creeping to go to the bathroom in my house like this. Just so I don't have to hear James Earl Jones' fucking voice. And when at the last step, right before I have to go to the bathroom, I always hear, Dennis, I'm on again. Come here and turn me off. <laughs> giving the finger to Darth Vader in the middle of the night. Isn't that right? Shut up. And now he's full of money, and we can't get the money out, and he's still talking to us. I have all the money. This next question is kind of a, a mystery one for us. Um, how do your kids feel about toys? They taste great. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where you have to be really careful with what you let them play yeah. with. Uh, Brendan, we could yeah. save you a lot of money here. Uh, G- Gary, uh, Gary, what are you? Uh, how has Imogen been with toys over her eight years? Like, pr- like toys that aren't in any way video game related or book related. 
Um, she's got one favourite toy, which is Pink Rabbit, mm-hmm. uh, and that goes everywhere. Why well, it, it did, although she still likes to drag it everywhere. Um, she's not really been into. But she's had like toys bought for her, but she there tend to be five minute wonders. Um, the only two things she's ever really sort of stuck with has been she likes dressing up um, some of her stuff. She likes to be dressing up Pink Rabbit, um, but also she did she does love lego and she's always loved lego and unfortunately my my family just kept buying it for her until we kept saying stop (laughs) (laughs) enough (laughs) with the lego um but uh yeah she still really loves that and she'll she'll occasionally dig that out um particularly if we said to her you know no minecraft today she then gets the lego out and it's kind of like Mm. yeah okay it's the same thing really isn't it (laughs) (laughs) um and I think that's a universal truth. I mm. think all children like Lego. Well, that's Dan- that um, Danish guy who invented it. He was certainly onto something. Yeah, it is a truth universally acknowledged. Uh, copy paste everything Gary said. Uh, we have tried Lyra with various toys throughout her life. I tried to get her into action figures. Her, her um, grandma and aunt tried to get her into dolls, and she loves cuddlies. And mm-hmm. she would, if she could have them, like every single cuddly toy she's ever had, she would like to keep and just create this giant junk yep. pile of cuddlies <laughs> on her yeah. bed. But we've been making her, like every time she gets a new one, she has to get rid of one, one of the one old ones. Yeah, yeah, that's wise. Um, okay, but, I might have to institute that rule. Yeah. It gets insane otherwise. Because um, they just get given cuddlies all the time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, she loves playing dress up and she's got a, a bunch of costumes and she loves Lego. But that's about it and we have failed to really get her into uh, toys i think i never played with her with action figures in a kind of like rping kind of like creating a scenario with them way like we posed them no you can them. play with it you won't appreciate it on as many levels as i will but like we, we never spun out any narratives where skeletor creates a new invention that's going to wreck he-man or the equivalent with her stuff mm. um but i used to do that all the time when i was a kid i was leaving it to her to do that and she never has done yeah, well you've got to see it modeled before you can do anything yeah um maybe i got too self-conscious about like like the the best we ever did was I got out all the monsters in my pocket and we had like this like tidal bout royal rumble where each monster would get in the ring with a different one and like whoever won would stay on for the next one uh and uh, and, and like we, that was kind of a mythology thing because she's well into mythology and finding out about monsters from all over the world and throughout history and 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 all of that stuff but by and large Toys, I can see why Toys R Us would be less and less valuable every year if all kids were like Lyra and Imogen, Mm -hmm. because what they're offering is not what kids seem to want, but I could be wrong. There could be folks out there who are like, my kid loves plastic things. Yeah, and and I have to say, Gary, I I totally hear you on the whole having to ask the family to stop buying Lego, because I think particularly um, the... uh, I mean, I don't know what anybody else's situations are in terms of, of like, other kids in your family, but for for our family, Lyra is the only child of her generation at the moment. Mm. So I, I have cousins, none of them have kids, and Alex has cousins and none of them have kids, and our, our siblings don't have children yet, so she's kind of the funnel for all the grandparents mm. and aunts and uncles. And the fact, I wouldn't mind so much that it was a big... Uh, a big pile of 
things that people buy her if she was really into it and she played with them all the time, mm. but she just ended up with a bedroom full of stuff she never used. She ends up with art supplies, which seems great because it's like, oh, she could do all this art, but she doesn't. And they just pile up all of these <coughs> books and paints and things. And she gets given makeup and lipsticks and like, they, they shatter because she's the only kid. And so they shower her with stuff and um, like her room's already at like maximum capacity at this stage it's one in one out honestly getting loads of lego kits from other family members is actually really kind of great everybody loves lego it all adds to the giant collection getting cheap crappy off-brand building block type kits from family members that sucks because you then have to explain to your child the difference between the quality stuff and the knockoff crap. And when we recorded this a few weeks ago, Toys R Us had not yet gone into administration in the UK, and now they have. Um, so, but Neil, uh, what, what's it been uh, like uh, for you? Alex, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Oh, good, he likes toys. <laughs> oh, my God, Thank I grab goodness, because I love <laughs> I toys. toys. Oh, he doesn't just love his toys, he loves Daddy's toys too, but that doesn't help because Daddy has, like, Batman and stuff all over the place well, so. but no he's got his own batman action figure he, he's got minion figures he's got paw patrol he's thomas he loves thomas and cars i know it sounds a very boy thing but that's mm. that's what he likes so we've got 10 ton of thomas toys around the place um so does he got, do the like make-believe stuff where he like yes. rides thomas around the house with his hand and like yeah. he's like right so yes Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Um, did you we, have to teach I, him though, or did he start doing that himself? I think we played with him a bit, and he saw the YouTube videos, and he kind of got the idea. And now he does it all the time. Oh. Uh, my mum bought him uh, a talking McQueen car, mm-hmm. and that goes around the place with him. He like he loves that. Um, I'm trying to think what else he's got. We've got Duplo, and you think Lego hurts? So does Duplo when you step on that in the middle of the night. Uh, um, <laughs> it's the corners that get you. It is. It is really the corners, and they hurt. Um, yeah, we, we've done stickle bricks, but you know he has his favourite stuff. It's a lot of minions and cars, like I said, especially if they're Pixar cars. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be McQueen. He loves McQueen. We actually bought him his own pop vinyl, which was McQueen, and oh. he loves it. <laughs> Neil, what are you his, doing? <laughs> but his favourite toys he's had since he was. Well, he had one before he was born, so I don't know if that technically counts. Mm. And they go everywhere with him. And you'll be able to guess what they are, because they're both called Poe. He has two cuddly pandas Aww. that go everywhere with him. He loves pandas. And they're, 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 they're looking like they're a couple of years old now. They've been through the washing machine a couple of times. But, yeah, no, he, he, he does love... He loves toys, but recently... Um, I've taken to when we've gone to the shops, he walks with me now. Mm-hmm. So I'll hold his hand, no reins, no nothing. He walks and he's really well behaved. And we go in shops and he goes down toy aisles and he's very good at not grabbing everything and anything. Hmm. But if something does get his attention, like I was recently in a, a shop called B&M and um, we went down the toy aisle, nothing grabs his attention. We're walking past Paw Patrol, past cars, past. I was like, okay, that's bit strange we walk down the lighting aisle and i i kid you not there's a push light you know those push lights that you can put on the wall the mm-hmm. cheaper you put a couple of batteries in he wanted one of those that had marshall on from paw patrol it's like okay if that's what you want mate that's too good i don't mind <laughs> so yeah um he does have a thing for cuddlies and i i definitely think this one in one out rule would be a good idea mm-hmm. except for I, I i i think i'd lose the fight because he he doesn't 
he's got a lot. A lot of stuff he's sort of inherited, but the stuff he's chosen is things that remind him of stuff he likes anyway. So he loves his pandas, and he loves Kung Fu Panda, hence why they're both called Poe, which gets a bit confusing. Um, and we were recently in Wilco's, and they had some Beanie Babies there. For the younger audience members, Beanie Babies are kind of like um, a plushy Bitcoin. And we'd been through a lot of other shops, gone past toys, and he wasn't bothered. He saw one thing, and he wanted it. And again, me being total pushover dad, yep, you can have that. And it was a fish. And it's Dory. It's not Dory Dory, but it, it looks like Dory. Mm. And he wanted that. And for for a good couple of days, and every so often, he walks around with it, and he'll carry that around with him. And mm. it's my Dory. So he loves that. So bath toys he loves. Um, we've got a a turtle and he'll he'll swish that around the water going righteous righteous because it's crush (laughs) (laughs) it's brilliant i love it it makes me crack every time and we got a a little plastic fish that's nemo it's it's a clamfish so it's it's nemo so it's nemo and crush or marlin and crush and he he plays there too so yeah i we have lots of toys (laughs) too many toys sometimes Brendan, what 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 are your plans regarding toys? Because it co- it could go either way from the sounds of it. It could. She, I mean, she has a lot of stuff that's sort of like basic early. Like she has one, uh, she has one cuddly toy that she's already really kind of taken to. It's a little stuffed lamb, and she calls it her Gigi, um, or at least that's the noise that she makes when whenever it's around her. So we're like, okay, you have named this now. It is your Gigi, <laughs> um, and you know, like I, I'm sure she's gonna enjoy, you know. Um, dog toys and stuff because she's so obsessed with you know with dogs. Um, other than that, it's it's really hard to say. Like she's really into um, like a couple rattles. There's blocks and and she has a push toy walker that she likes to walk with. I have a feeling that she's going to like dinosaurs just because I already have some of those kind of chambered. Um, like my parents have some dinosaur toys and I have some dinosaur toys that are like, okay, when are you going to be old enough to enjoy these? Okay. We're going to, we're going to see how you do just well. And also I've, I've met very few kids who aren't at least a little bit into dinosaurs. Mm. Um, but again, you know, so much of it is going to be like, what, what, what does she respond to? Because I've got a lot of stuff that I've kind of saved away of like stuff that's too good to get rid of and too good to donate to the classroom was like okay these these lord of the rings and star wars and dinosaur and you know whatever toys these are going to be for if marion likes them um so uh i mean i i play with the kids at my my you know in my classroom a lot so i'm i'm probably going to be unable to escape doing that with her and you know we'll just kind of see where she goes uh again we're going to be doing stuff like especially once we're we're old enough to take her around for like okay let's get a special toy it's like okay well what what do you think is we're going to do our weekly toy what do you what do you want to get you know here's a couple three choices you've got um you know just to get again give her some ownership of that and you know kind of see where her interests take her when i was a kid i had a big old like box full of lego from every single kit i'd ever gotten just got broken up and put into this common stock and i would create from that all kinds of i, I tended to do more vehicles than, than anything else so i would make um like an apache helicopter or thunderbird 2 or the dropship from aliens and um it would become quite elaborate from that and I feel like with Lyra, she's hamstrung in that she's got one box of just like colored bricks, which neatly get made into being a house. 
each time. And she's got a whole bunch of Ziploc bags of the various kits she's got, but that are being kept together all, all like singularly so that the bits can't go missing and that they don't, they're not in a common stock. And I feel like while she does love Lego, that maybe just letting her chuck all that into one box would probably have been a better idea for getting her to be more creative and not just make houses. Hmm. I think the generic Lego is better. I mean, that was we found that a lot of those pre-built boxes, you know, it's like a house. Yeah. That's it's all fiddly little bits, and you can only build a house. So we actually one of the things we did earlier was you could you can get like a massive box of just generic blocks. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's the that, yeah. the main thing that she's got, like lots yeah, of yeah. like two by fours and two by ones. That's and, it. Yeah. Do you know what she likes to build? Your TV. <laughs> She builds, like, the, the houses that she builds are always two rooms, mm-hmm. the living room with the TV in the corner, mm-hmm. and then your office and you... Because that's her world. Yeah. Her world is, I'm in the living room watching TV or doing my homework or playing a video game. Daddy's in his office. That's her world. And I feel bad there because I should be going out and showing her more. But it's fucking raining all the time. Already started your lunch, I noticed. a banana. Food, glorious oh. food. Hot sausage and mustard. While we're in the mood. Cold jelly and custard. No, 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 no. Custard. Custard. No, come on. Custard. 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 No. Don't worry about it. No. Come on. Custard. 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 There. See? If something was doing, it's was doing correctly. Mustache. I'll catch up with you later then. Yes. Definitely. What is their relationship with food? So, like, just anything that you know that they really don't like or have you, you've had difficulty with getting them to eat or anything that they just love and won't put down? We haven't met any food that she doesn't like. We kind of started her on solids a little bit earlier than we initially thought just mm-hmm. because she she wanted them. You know, she she was looking at the kids in her classroom and all of them were on table food. She's like, but why not me? Well, you don't have teeth. I don't care. Uh, so <laughs> so we started giving her table food at like, you know, seven, seven and a half months and she would just gum it into submission. And now she's got a couple teeth. And so she eats basically everything we do. And at first she wasn't really wild about potatoes when it was just plain potato. Mm-hmm. Mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. Loved them. Ate them. Smeared them all over her face. It was a ball. Uh, uh, and... Her like absolute favorite thing is blackberries. Anytime she sees blackberries, she'll like, okay, I want that. Give me that. Yeah. And she's only she's only just now started eating them whole as opposed to having them mashed up. But you know, it's it's hilarious. Now they're you know, they're it's almost like seeing, you know, an older child hold like a little bouncy ball because they're so big in her fist, but she'll just like hold one of those blackberries, just like nosh on it. So <laughs> I mean, that was like our our kind of uh, strategy was to make her her like mush baby food out of whatever we were eating as much as we could. So we just put like our dinner in the blender and feed that to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems to have worked out. You know, she doesn't like not like anything. Um, the only thing she seems to like more than her food is if you you guys have seen the uh, the animated short Feast, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the with the dog. Yeah. Okay. So that's. The last, like, 30 seconds of that animated short, that's my house. Mm-hmm. Um, the the dog is a little bit bigger, but the child getting all the food onto the floor for that, that's that's where we live. Um, that <laughs> happens all the time. She loves feeding Alistair. It is her favorite thing. And, yeah, like, that's the only thing she likes more than actually eating the food is 
is handing it to him. I would assume it's Alistair's favorite thing as well. Oh, it sure is. Um, he, you, uh, loves, he loves the kid so much. We're pretty much exactly the same in terms of like I don't remember ever opening a jar of baby food with Lyra. I don't. No, I don't think we ever gave her. It was always just mashed up. Yeah, we like we'd chop up into ve- very fine small pieces, like whatever meat and and ve- uh, veg and potatoes we were eating. Just put it in a small dish for her, and she she ate it. Mm. So I think that would like. From from both of uh, did either of you two um, ever ha- have to actually open jars? No, we did the same. Yeah. It was just whatever we had, she had. How does so baby food even get sold then? <laughs> Good marketing strategies. People like me did it. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> was it? Did, did you did you like opening up that those mushy jars or what? <laughs> they were all right. Personally, tasted them a few, but yeah. Um, mm. I think that's probably why we Michael doesn't do vegetables. Fruit, yes. Vegetables, no. He is not keen on vegetables. Huh. And we do try to, now to give him what we do, but um, he—I don't want to say he's picky, but he, he is. Uh, he, he's not to the extent of tantrums and stuff. He get, you go, oh, do you want this? He goes, no. Well, okay, do you want this? No. Do you want this? Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, there could be a reason why why he is this way is mm. because unlike you guys we didn't do the mashup uh, stuff because we were at this point we were still thought the books knew what they were on about mm. which you know as i said window book throw um Shuck. so yeah oh actually well then go back to that earlier piece of advice about offer offer him two things and let him make the decision as to what he wants yeah. to eat you know like say hey do you want to eat um liverwurst or this hot dog that i made <laughs> one thing i have learned i cannot eat a sausage roll or a pork pie around him because i will lose it (laughs) (laughs) he likes pastried meats okay um lyra won't eat onions like she will she won't she won't eat onions on anything she will have onions also she'll munch on an onion no 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 if it's (laughs) if it's chopped up in a stir fry yeah she's fine with it okay if it's diced up but like so if we put delicious braised onions on her uh mash no she she won't have it brilliant if she can see them is it the texture or the taste i don't know right i don't know i was the same way uh gary anything that imogen won't eat um, apart from the Charlie and Lola tomatoes, um, <laughs> yeah. that's a no, nothing thing. actually. Yeah. And to my horror, she eats Brussels sprouts, which I think is a devil's poison. <laughs> Agreed. If you, if you um, have a child that eats Brussels sprouts, yeah. that's like you know. She will sit. Uh, she will sit and eat like twenty of them. She mm. loves them. She'll eat them first. That's um, mental. I know, <laughs> Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Um, okay. So, so, so no, she she is again. Funny, I, what Neil was saying. I've got a bit of a story about that actually. Um, when she was um, about to, when she first went to nursery, we made friends with this other couple, um, and the the um, the wife. She was um, she was a nutritionist, and we used to you know we, we don't see them re- uh, anymore, but we used to go and do you know, the the mums did that thing together, and we would you know, spend time together, and. We would go somewhere and we would get something to eat, and we would just give, you know, Imogen a small amount of whatever we were having, mm-hmm. or we would get, you know, something. They would always take with them like a box of pre-prepared food, and there'll be like carrot sticks and cucumber sticks and all these. And she was always like, "Well, she can't have this and she can't have that," and I'm going to bring, make sure she has all the right things, you know, because they you know, sound we want, exhausting. <laughs> She says, she says, you know, we're going to d- develop her taste buds as they go. Anyway, we bumped into them a couple of years ago, 
Uh, and apparently she won't eat anything. She's like the most incredible fussy eater. Brilliant. The, 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 the child. And it's because, you know, uh, uh, we never like consciously decided to do anything. We just, my wife would just said from the beginning, she'll just have what we have. And yeah. that's, that's the way it will be. And because of that, and because, you know, we have fairly broad tastes, you know, we eat anything. Um, she's always done the same. So, you know, she loves fish. You know, I know a lot of kids. It's one touch fish, you know, every I Saturday night. Touch I fish, I, unfortunately. I, I, I cook a uh, pan fried salmon, you know, because mm. she asks for it yeah, every Saturday. It's I Sharon's favourite food. She loves fish, and yeah. I unfortunately mm. yeah, would. Yeah, she does. I well. just really like salmon too. Um, mm. She actually asked the other day if she could have, she thought tuna would be something quite nice to try. I said, good <laughs> oh. luck getting your dad to make you that. Well, no, simple, <laughs> simple as, like, you make her tuna, no problem, but just make sure I'm not Listen, in the house. I was just you, you don't mind it in the house, just apparently. Just the smell yes. and the texture and the taste and the sight okay. and the feel. Right, uh, next time you're going out to see a movie, let me know and I'll make her a tuna sandwich. And the thought of tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Alex. Yeah. I'm with Alex, I hate fish. Right. Um, mine's actually more psychological because my, my, my parents made me eat tuna. Like the one time they sat me down with a bowl of it and I wasn't allowed to to get up and leave it was like nope that tuna's got to be eaten i think uh, like it may have been i was allowed to leave but like then for my next meal they brought out the bowl again stuck it down in front of me it's like you will not fin- you will not eat anything else until that tuna is eaten so now tuna freezes in the back of my throat and i will uh, just just the thought of it and it's like well well done what a brilliant own goal you have scored there i now <laughs> psychologically have an aversion to fish and i can't get past it and i don't want to frankly but so, yeah, the rule's always been with Lyra. It's like she's like, oh, I don't want to eat it. It's like, you don't have to. No problem. You're not getting pudding, but no problem. And, like, we never force her to. It was like, do you want to leave the table? It's cool. And she's like, but pudding. And she is unfortunately afflicted with, like, 80 sweet teeth rather than just the one. Yeah. Uh, like, she has yeah, a serious sweet tooth. Yeah, Imogen calls her pudding stomach. She'll say, I'm full up, but my pudding stomach is <laughs> Yeah. She sounds nice. identical. Um, yeah, so like Lyra will pretty much chomp through whatever we put in front of her just to get to the pudding, and we never pull the whole. Oh, do you know what pudding is? Fruit, because that's some bullshit, Mum. Michael would be happy with that. He loves fruit. Well, no, see, she loves fruit, but fruit is a supplement rather than just pudding. Mm. If he's good on fruit, by the way, Neil, don't worry too much about the not eating vegetables. You can manage yeah. a lot of vitamins just yeah. with fruit. Yeah. And here's the funny thing, chocolate, he's not keen on. Oh, seriously? So yeah. chocolate-covered vegetables, they go, nah. Lyra no. can't stand cake. This is something that baffles me, right? She had a birthday party. Yeah. Was it last year or the year before? She had a birthday party every year. <laughs> the one I'm thinking of specifically. I have you no know idea. which one I mean. Basically, no. we thought, well, they're not going to eat, like, big slices of, of birthday cake, so we'll get a plate of cupcakes for them instead. Great idea. And they just ignored them. Well, they just eaten, uh, as with all... slightly interested This is a birthday cupcakes. party tip, guys. Just have a photograph of a cake. Because <laughs> kids, by the time they get to the cake, have eaten everything else. They don't want to eat an old cake. But the, when we were sorting out party food, Lyra was saying, oh, like, my friends are into, like, hummus with... Um, pepper slices and, and carrots and we're going bunch of weirdos what <laughs> children is into these kind of so we were like okay if you insist but I bet nobody's going to eat them so we got all sorts of other things that were more yeah. we assumed kid friendly nope they all went straight for the hummus bunch of weirdos and the crudities <laughs> <laughs> or I suppose you could do the birthday cake first <laughs> why is that funny it's practical 
it they'll is. eat it because they're but hungry. But then they won't eat the pizza or anything else. That's true. No, I'm can't. <laughs> yeah, eat but pizza then you get to eat the pizza. So Good bad. point. I just don't cook anything. Give them the birthday cake and see if that's enough. Because that's the one thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. And if you're still hungry after the birthday cake, we'll get takeout Chinese. Yeah. Food of cake. <laughs> um. So I mean yeah, and the other thing, like Lyra, we went we went to America this year. We like it was our first holiday. Which she's she got to the age of eight, and we'd never gone anywhere, like because it was always like, well, we could go to Cyprus, uh, but that would be a big chunk of the money that we should be saving up to go to Disney World because we've got to go there before she's too old for Disney World. And no, I- thanks to um, uh, my my mum, thanks to my um, my grandmother, thanks to uh, a lot of you guys uh, commissioning shows, we could afford to go to Disney World. And the thing she loved the most was the food. And it's like <laughs> we can get the food here. No, I mean not well, exactly. We can't though, can no, we? We, can't, we, we have discovered. Can't go to Denny's, back. and we can't go to um, like the, just. But the, the we po- can get a rough approximation of the food. But yeah, she she loved the food. Not so fussed about the happiest place on earth, but the food she she really really liked. And I think she does take a genuine joy in eating. Mm. And it might just be down to the fact that she has eaten with us, and we don't tend to eat things that we don't like. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's giving her a joy in food. Um, Maybe it's just sophistication, you know? Precociousness. They are more precocious. Another, another friend's child, you know? The fridge drawings, you have to look at them. I did, and I said, that, you know, trying to be nice, is it? Oh, it's very nice, is that mummy and, and the baby? And she said, no, that's a skeleton breastfeeding a priest. <laughs> Do you know Goya? No, I don't, sorry. Um, but they, uh, it's a terrible moment. When your own child turns around to you and says, Daddy, is this organic? (laughs) Excuse me? I grew up on Angel Delight! That's the main course! We didn't get food in the house unless it was neon. It took three seconds to prepare. What geeky stuff have they drawn? Do you have any kids with artistic bent? Do they draw things? People, houses, horses, horses from the side, so they've got just two legs. So uh, Imogen is the class artist, so she draws everything. Oh, wow. uh, they get committed. She gets it from my wife. My wife is a keen drawer and art, very artistic, so she's picked up that trait. Probably the thing that feeds into the Minecraft thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's drawn tons of stuff. I. Anything particularly geeky? She's drawn. Um, she's drawn like um, superheroes, you know, like Spider-Man things like okay. that before, without anything from me. Actually, I'm not that big a fan of Spider-Man, anyway. yeah. but um, yeah, she'll she'll draw anything that inspires her, really. And often she'll draw things that she's watched again on YouTube or films and that. You know, uh, she. I tell you what, she made recently, which is really cool. She made a comic strip. Now I've tried. I've been. That's the one thing. I have struggled to get her to like his comics. I'm, I'm not a huge comic reader, but I do read some. Um, and I'm, it's just, it just seems to be a format that she didn't seem that interested in. And then the other day I caught her, and she was actually making one. So that bodes well. <laughs> uh, Neil, uh, any uh, drawings from Mikey? No, mostly scribbles, I'm afraid. I thought, he's, like, he's only three at the moment, so that's mm. not going to... And same with Brendan, I suppose. There's not going to be much... Like, I suppose you could like put his hand in her hand in paint and then put that on a piece of paper. 
Oh, she's yeah, she's got several um, several artistic endeavors that involve her hand and footprints. Yeah, she mostly just paints her face with with blackberry juice. That's about it. <laughs> but at least she's having fun. Yeah. I mean, oh, is she? The scribbles will last for a while, but then Lyra started doing the same thing over and over and over for years on end. She would draw me and Sharon and her together over and 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 over, like with obsessiveness. Like if it was a movie, it would be like, what is this kid trying to say? <laughs> really trying to get in her head straight the whole idea of the family unit. You know, Being an only child um, has made her kind of... Like we are, like uh, her, we were her whole world for the, the longest time, with you know grandparents in and out, and and so she didn't have anything outside that, and I suppose so. She just kind of like repeatedly drew this unit over and over again. Um, she did also draw superheroes a lot, and and still does. My favorite one in recent years was she drew the Deadpool one of Deadpool killing a ninja um, <laughs> from Deadpool, the, uh, the the movie, which leads us to the, the next question. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, she's she's got an eye for colourful, vibrant characters, and obviously superheroes fit into that very well. Mm. Yeah, she does like doing sort of big, chunky, um, colourful drawings, mm. doesn't she? And she's, yeah. she's asked me to see if I can get her some little flip pads so that she can start trying to yeah. draw flip book. Images. But she draws more than she colours in. Like when I was a kid, it was all about colouring books. So like, you'd have felt pens yeah, and you just really fill not in colouring books. But, in coloring books yeah. but I was looking for like a Star Wars colouring book for her. You can't get them. You can get activity books, but that's not the same mm. thing at all. And I found wow. like a couple of like um, grown up colouring books where it's like colour therapy. And it was, like, very sparse selections of characters. And obviously Star Wars, pretty much everyone's either wearing black or white or beige. <laughs> so it's not the most colourful of things. Uh, but Unless you've got some Praetorian guards. Yeah, Mar- Marvel's <laughs> going to be better for, for, for that kind of stuff. But um, And My Little Pony. She was, she was into My Little Pony for a long while. The Friendship is Magic. Yeah. It's very colourful, and she used to draw. Michael Dipson has that. I'm quite happy about it, because... It's not mind-numbing, and mm. it's really good. That's good stuff. It's It's got a great, ethic, again, ethical backbone to it, um, and a lot of puns. Uh, so if you can get your kid into puns early, that's, uh, that's a oh, good, good one. Yeah, no, I, it, it, again, I, he's just gravitated back to the interactive stuff, so mm. I'm sure that thing, you know, My Little Pony Transports, anything along those lines, will probably come a bit later. Oh, and Gravity Falls fans, she Lyra made her own little journal uh, of uh, Gravity Falls uh, the other day, like with folded pieces of paper where she, um, using invisible ink pens, like put hidden messages and, and like drew Bill Cipher all over that. And so she's like, you know, she loved the idea of like cataloging and keeping uh, track of various monsters and things. And so, yeah, she, she'd be a monster hunter and, mm. and documenter if she could. Just want some peace. Quiet. I don't want the dangerous quiet. You know what that is, right? That's the one during the day when the kids are in the house and you're in the kitchen reading the paper, right? Reading the paper for about 15 minutes. It slowly it dawns on you. Hey, wait a minute. Hello? Uh-oh. Go in the dining room, nobody, living room, nobody. Go by the bedrooms and by the bathroom. I hear this little voice inside the bathroom. My daughter, I think she doesn't like to take baths at all. Never mind, that's three o'clock in the afternoon. What's she doing? I open the door, you know what she's doing? Giving the dog a bath in the toilet. 
oh yeah, she's soaping them up and singing away. And like some weird Vegas magician, I gotta pull a dog out of a toilet. Like the great Liratini, look at this. I pulled a dog out of a toilet. And no explanation from her. What was that about? Go to your room, don't touch Darth Vader, please. Thank you. So the next question is quite thorny, and I've got to be careful about exactly how I put it, because everyone's line's going to be different. Um, And it's going to be more, again, a preparation case for uh, uh, Brendan. Neil, you've already kind of uh, hinted at this one, and and Gary, I'm I'm interested to find out. How have you handled showing them more mature content? Like, so, like, anything above a U, really, because, like, PG stuff still has some, you know scary graphic stuff and you know it, it goes up and up so like over the years how how did you get that stuff broached been fairly laid back about it i think um i mean more recently like i said she's kind of self-regulate she 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 doesn't really like things that are going to scare her too much mm-hmm. which has been quite helpful and in terms of like video games there's just that one occasion as i mentioned with um life is strange but um so more recently with like PG twelve films, um, it's I've I've been sort of going to see the film first before I take her, mm-hmm. um, not because I'm concerned that the content might not be appropriate per se, but more that I'm more worried about that she she doesn't like things with uh, like you know with real graphic violence for example mm-hmm. you know I'm not, I'm not talking you know sort of 18 15 anyway but anything even pg films that have may have something that with with significant violence she kind of she turns away from it she doesn't want to see it mm-hmm. so a good example of that recently was uh, so i took her to see guardians of galaxy 2 and mm-hmm. star wars and i went and saw those first to make sure so i saw okay. them twice um but i did go and see wonder woman which she really wanted to see mm-hmm. and i had to say to her no you're going to have to wait a couple of years before you go and see that one because I knew if she went to see it she'll spend half that film hiding behind the chair uh, it was all the kind of World War One battle scene you know, yeah, uh, that's very scene. real yeah, it and, is very and, realistic and everyone in the village getting killed yeah. she she would not have responded well to that I, I'm kind of like Zan um, he's watched stuff with me I think the last thing we tried watching New Frontiers uh, a couple of days ago, but he got a bit bored of that. And that has, not graphic violence, but there is violence in there, but he got a bit bored of that. It's, uh, old, it's 40s style, though, isn't it? So it's yeah. going to have less appeal to kids. Uh, the, I suppose the, the one time where I've watched something where I was a bit dubious was Pacific Rim, of all things. I, mm. We've watched Pacific Rim a few times. Now he... He's got the cognitive to understand it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, the only time he, he got a bit funny about one of the monsters, but I got him to... Ch- uh, it's, it's when Gypsy Danger's... It's uh, fighting one of the monsters, I think, in in, in the city. So it's, it's you know, the boat rocket fist scene. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a crab monster. It got crabby claws. So I just put my hands together and crab claws and went crabby, crabby, crabby. Mm-hmm. He instantly relaxed because he copied me and went crabby. And that was it. We threw it and he was back to enjoying it because it was a big robot hitting a monster with a boat and he found that very funny yeah so did i so <laughs> it's a great scene so uh, yeah, but i think i'd probably go with zan's approach um just probably check out things first before i show him uh and sit with them obviously and if anything's there you know when he's a bit older maybe explain stuff to him as well uh, i think i'd take a, i have to take a fairly relaxed approach because it's what my parents did with me my mum let me watch aliens when i was like seven 
Mm. And I fell in love with that film. So I, I guess it's a case-by-case basis. I joked way back when we were doing Digital Cowboys, like when Lyra was in utero, Paul Shotton ribbed me about the fact that I was clearly, you know, going to be showing RoboCop to my daughter, like, from, <laughs> from day one. Um, I have shown her RoboCop. I have shown her Deadpool. I have shown her Aliens. What I am is very acquainted, as Gary said, uh, with the movies first. I don't go in blind. I'm, I'm not going to show her a 15 or an 18 if I don't haven't already seen it. And I have my finger ready on the fast-forward button, and I... Like I tend to pause it if it's about to get to a scene with something really grim in it, and send it to the kitchen. Send it to the kitchen. Fast forward through it quickly. Pause again. Bring her back in, and then continue from that point. So, like that way, we watched Deadpool twice, and although it has foul language, she's quite like she's really good at not swearing. Mm. Like we've basically we've never put up with her swearing, and whenever she swears, she goes quiet for a second because she realizes she's just sworn. She's, I, I do find this quite amusing, actually, and this is probably going to put me in the bad parent category. But she will ask permission if she if she's mm. really annoyed about something and she really wants to swear. Donald to Trump is such an orange. May I say bastard? <laughs> well, I guess you may. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I find That's it brilliant. so, I just, the, the, the fact that she is removed enough from the emotion to ask if it's all yeah. right to swear. <laughs> uh, I just haven't got the heart to say no. So, but yes, she's never, I've not, I think I've heard her say the F word once just to test me. Mm. And I was like, I really don't want to hear you using that word. Mm. And like, at the moment, it's just like, I've trying to get her to not go, Jesus Christ, when she's in the street. I'm like, it doesn't bother me, but it will bother a lot of other people. So just do it at home, but not in the street. Uh, yeah, with Deadpool, it was like she sat through all the like comedy violence and the, um, the swearing. But then when it got to the clearly very, way too graphic sex stuff, it was like, right, and you're going in the kitchen, and we're just going to fast forward <laughs> through that, pause, and come on back in. And then during the scene when Wade was actually being tortured, I was like, right, now this bit, Wade's going to be, uh, I explained to her, Wade is going to be put through an immense amount of pain. You don't have to watch this if you don't want to. We can skip through it. And she said, no, 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 I'll, I'll watch it because it's obviously important. And so we'll, we watched it, and like because she knows what's coming, it's less upsetting for her. And if I have to be, a, I've had to be a really good judge the whole way through her life of what's going to be okay. She liked, I think she ended up liking Evil Dead two more than Army of Darkness. I know kids like tend to like Army of Darkness more because it's silly, but there's just something about when they he jumps on the trap door when she's going, "That's only a soul, that's only a soul," and then like. The eyeball pops out, the girl's screaming, and the eyeball goes in the girl's mouth. It's just perfect visual comedy that kind of tickled her at that point. But there were, like, some bits that were, like, scarier that I I fast-forwarded through. Um, She loves Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I think, basically, like, I try to keep the quality up. Like, if she's going to see something gruey, it's it's going to be be something good. Mm. Like, I'm not just going to show her ghoulies. You know, that's garbage water. Okay. Um, do you remember Ghoulies, the no. toilet things? That- oh, God, yes. Yeah. Two and three were great. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know I like garbage films, though. So. And like most of the kids, of the parents on the show, and I'm going to go ahead and guess the ones listening, my child is an unusual case. So I would obviously take it on a case-by-case basis and just, like, slowly work up to it. But I got to the point, and the reason I've shown her these, like, more grown-up movies is, um, 
that she'd seen all the animated films and she'd seen all the things like Inner Space and Ghostbusters that were like made in the 80s. Because like, you don't get as many PG things anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, we discussed this, Neil, when we oh. talked about The Fifth Element. Like yeah. stuff which is slightly more like kid friendly. Like it's got to be PG-13, so there's going to be at least one fuck in it. Um, as in the word, not the actual action. And also you get less occasional there also may be some sex scenes or and even brief nudity um which would was in the original pgs you get very little of that in pg-13s now because yeah. it's like Lots of always oh, got an arm off but not so yeah. much casual nookie um so i mean <laughs> I, I, she's she loves die hard um mainly for alan rickman like she watches movies with mikey and so um, the, at the point when Mikey said, it's Alan motherfucking Rickman. So now whenever she sees Alan Rickman, she goes, Alan hmm, hmm, Rickman. And I'm like, I know what you're thinking, so don't think that word. So every time you say Die Hard, I just get Guy's Night popping my head with their song. Don't, do not ever let her listen to that one for a I while. I think that's what got her into Die Hard. Um, cause she was like, right, I've got to see what that is. But I, like, like I said, it's the, um, I may have had to like send her out of the kitchen, into the kitchen for the bit where, um, McLean pulls glass out of his feet. Cause that really Ooh. is cringe inducing. Mm. But, um, as, as I said earlier, she has now kind of a hard limit on horror movies. Like she doesn't want to be jump scared and like PG 13 horror movies that, you know, that's, all of them. that's their, their bread and butter. Like, that's how they get the kids with the just scary demon face stuff, which is not gory and stuff, which, which you know, she, she's seen all the Alien films. Like, I showed her Aliens first because it has a wonderful happy ending. And it's, you know, sad and scary, but it's also really action-packed. And it's about a, a fierce mother rescuing her daughter. And she could get with that. But then it was like, right, now I have to kind of explain to you who Ellen Ripley was. So she saw Alien. But now the one bit of Alien that was, like, is really bloody is the chest-bursting scene. So I could have sent her out for that. But I was like, right, there's going to be this scene. It's an iconic, wait, I know what you're going to say, but wait, I'm coming to it. It's an iconic scene, um, and it's very bloody, and it's very scary, but it's like, you know, a huge deal. So she sat and she watched that. And I said, was that scary? And she said, no, it did remind me a lot of Spaceballs though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, God again. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And I said, yeah, it's the same guy. It's the same scene, but like, it's, it's, Honestly, if, if Spaceballs is readily available for kids, that scene's not going to scare them anymore because they're only going to think of, hello, my baby, hello, my hello. honey. And uh, rightly so. The of mentioning Spaceballs, I love it. <laughs> she likes Robin Hood Men in Tights. So, like, uh, that's another thing, actually. When it comes to clashes in sense of humour, now she's, like, she will stick to her guns and I'll go, I didn't find it all that funny. And she'll go, well, I did. <laughs> So and it's good because like allowing them to have their own sense of humor is important. The thing is with kids, they kind of watch everyone else for how to have a sense of humor. Like when I was a kid, I figured that Bill Murray was hilarious and, and that that's what should be uh, that that was my gauge for humor. And I listened to the Goon Show a lot, and and so I got kind of this very over like overt show-offy sense of humour when I was a kid, which I don't think I have now. I'm much more kind of dry. Am I show-offy? In real life, not the podcast. 
I think, yeah, yeah I'm more kind of dry delivery and, um, and, and not laughing so much at my own jokes. I think I laugh a lot at my own jokes to keep the energy up in the podcast. <laughs> 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 so as not to, not to cry. Um, but with a kid, like, a kid will automatically laugh at humour where someone falls over and hurts themselves. And so when I sit there looking stony-faced at it, she doesn't get that laugh thing. And kids also watch each other for what they, I, what I they find say, funny. I just to modify that slightly, yeah. they don't laugh at when people fall over and hurt themselves. They laugh when people fall over and then it is made apparent they haven't hurt themselves. Mm. Yeah, I suppose if they fell over and like shoved their hand through a nail, that's not the same no. thing. But it's it's that it's that kind of it's, it's tension relief. Response. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple, it, easy it, laugh to make. It's the scene in Kung Fu Panda One where mm. Poe first denounced the Golden Warrior and <clears throat> he falls into the training machine. Mm. Oh, that's that's a, just a great moment. But I mean, like, but here's the thing: like kids, when they start like trying to define their own sense of humour, will eventually reach the poo poo wee wee phase, where they'll start to <laughs> like um, like throw in dirty stuff to test you to see if it's funny. At Christmas time, my sister was here, and my uh, along with my mother, this song accidentally came over the sound system. When I see And it was so inappropriate that Lyra and my sister laughed like drains. So then later on, Lyra repeated it and made my sister laugh. Well, that was it. And then we were like, no, 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 uh, and, you don't understand. You can't laugh or she'll keep doing it. And Lyra kept testing the water. She kept making the same smutty joke. And like we were looking stony-faced and like, Lyra, it's not funny. Stop it. And Lucy was like, oh, it's so much fun. And it was like, no, we're trying to stop her using dirty jokes for humour. You gotta stick with us on this one. Because sooner or later she's gonna do it in front of a teacher and then it'll be yeah. all hell to pay. Um, and it's, it's pretty much the same as when you bring them around to a friend's house and they start trashing the place and you say, put that down, please don't pour paint on the floor. And the friend goes, oh, it's okay. And you go, it's really not. I'm trying to train this thing like a dog. So, <laughs> so like, like, bear with me here on this one. And th- this, Brendan, it'll happen to you. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Like uh, whoever, it might be a good idea to prep your friends and say, like, if I tell my kid not to do a thing, please don't say, "Oh, it's okay," because that is the opposite of what they need to hear. They need to hear that. Oh no, don't do that, please. From everyone, like it's just a unanimous consensus of that's not the thing to do. Mm. And uh, I, I suppose the same kind of applies for humor and just sort of dredging adult things that they've heard out of their their heads and then airing them for the room to see what reaction they get. It's the same basically just across their behavioural patterns and I, th- I suppose that'll abide all the way up to the point where you kind of can't stop them swearing. Um, you just got to kind of like watch your mouth, young lady, them after a certain stage. It, it's teaching them that swear, there's times to swear and there's acceptable times to swear and there's times when they're odd. Mm. Yeah. Whenever I swear in front of her, I tend to say, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't be swearing right now. I'm very stressed about this. And that just helped me relieve a little bit of, of tension about that thing there. But I will try not to swear. Mm. But I, I swear a lot more than she does. I mean, she she never swears. Mm. No, no, she doesn't. Well, very rarely. Yeah. 
<laughs> that you know of. That I know of. That yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> in front of her face. Yeah. Well, point. She, if she's good at hiding it, we've not been dragged into school about her foul mouth. So um, I think if, she, if she's good at hiding it from us, she's good at hiding it from teachers. Mm. And that's good. I once told a lunch lady to naff off and was told... Off you go to the headmaster's office. I said, I said, naff. She went, it means the same thing. <laughs> and she's right. My wife and I bought a home theater system. If you don't have one of these, just get it. It's unbelievable. Okay, It's a big, giant, widescreen TV. There's like 16 speakers, so you get the surround sound. And you got the big woofer on the ground. makes the floor shake when you listen to Jurassic Park, right? And it's got the big rack of stuff, the VCR and the DVD and the laser display and a bunch of other stuff. You don't even know what it is, but it looks fucking great. It's really shiny. Had it for eight hours, okay? Eight, count it. Actually, it was only four hours because the guy was installing for four, so I had it for four hours officially, okay? Put the kids to bed, get a copy of Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah, Dennis Hopper hopped up on Coke and 16 speaker stereo surround, that's great. I go to put the tape in, cling, 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 won't go in, cling, 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 won't go in. Reach inside the VCR, you know what's inside the VCR? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Smucker strawberry, I tasted it. I'm hoping it wasn't as stupid as I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. It goes in here now. I'm, I'm hoping it was more thoughtful. Hey, maybe if I put this in here, I can watch the peanut butter and jelly movie. And you can really hear the crunchy parts. So, I wake them all up and I have a little people's court session down in my TV room at two o'clock in the morning. I'm your host, Ed Koch. Exhibit A, the sandwich. Exhibit B, the VCR. Does anybody have an explanation as to how this could have happened? You know what I get? I get a C full of dumbfounded faces. <laughs> My oldest one, my son Jack, steps forward. Dad, um, maybe... The sandwich was flying around the house. It was flying around the house, and central headquarters called them and told them to dock here in the VCR. They docked. No, they didn't. Food does not dock. These are the people I live with. Is there any one thing that you have just had to accept that they're not going to click with? And obviously, Brendan, there'll be a lot less for you, but... uh, um, Underpants. She's just not into them. (laughs) (laughs) As in, like, she just, like, casts them off immediately, or... or, um... Oh, oh no, she's she's just in in diapers. We haven't even started... Yeah. We haven't even started anything resembling potty training. It's just... You know, now, oh, now the big thing is, <laughs> well, well, she's really just like trying to stick her hands in her own mess. So I'm, I'm sure that uh, it'll get more fun. That doesn't if, change. If she gets more mobile. Nope, <laughs> no, it does not. That's it does. My racist making okay. jokes about it. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to tell a story, but it's a bit too gross. So no, I'll not tell that story. Just, just be aware and fine with the fact that every parent has those stories. <laughs> Well, all right, to be fair, it's usually Mikey, when he does a poo on the toilet now, likes to stick his, tries to stick his head in the toilet to look at it. You can, you can see it without having an extreme close-up. <laughs> can you, though? Can you? <laughs> You're not helping, Brendan. <laughs> it doesn't help that Shona has taught him extreme close-up. Brilliant. Uh... So, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, the, uh, like the, there was... There was a time when she had she basically became no, no not going to talk do that story. Not talking about it. That okay, I'll just say it was like a a, a shit bomb had exploded inside her room. It was on the <laughs> ceiling. I don't know how. 
What I would oh, suggest yeah. is yeah, Brendan, at least prepare. Prepare for explode. Prepare for the worst, and then if the worst doesn't happen, you'll be all right. <laughs> that's hmm. that's kind of a good uh, watchword with kids in general. <laughs> like, don't obsess over the worst, but just have it in the background that it might get that bad. Oh yeah, I, 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 I've I broken Sharon. Oh, Sharon wasn't there. No, Both times Sharon wasn't there. I wasn't there. You didn't have to be there for the brown room. <laughs> uh, okay, so no yeah, one thing that you haven't uh, had to accept that they're not going to click with Gary. Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, uh, like I mentioned uh, I tried her with uh, comics, which I thought mm. was, uh, was surprised that she didn't get into that. But that, like I said, that may be turning around anyway. I've not really sort of tried to enforce anything. I suppose the one. If there is one slight disappointment, is that trying to get her to learn to ride her bike has been an absolute pain. Same. Uh, we have one doesn't... sitting out back that never gets ridden ever. Yeah, she gives up so easily, and it doesn't seem to interest her. The idea interests her, but actually doing it doesn't. They could be twins. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think maybe it's just a thing. Eight-year-old <laughs> girls, I don't know. Mind you, our, our neighbours have got. They've got three girls, and all of them like. You know, love going out on their bikes, riding know, around in concentric circles. So it's a bit that is a bit disappointing mm. for me, I guess. What about board games? Because obviously you're a, you're a keen board and card and tabletop gamer. Has she gotten into them? She, yeah, she she does. She, I mean, she comes with me every other Saturday to my board game group. Although she doesn't always play there because uh, we tend to play games that are a bit quite a bit more complicated. But um, she'll join in a few a few of them. But we will play them at home occasionally. But predominantly we'll play them when um we go away on holiday so if we're camping or in a hotel and that we'll tend to play board games quite a lot then and she does get really get into those like every evening we'll play two or three games my wife gets sick of them after a while but we'll she'll, she'll happily play all evening um she particularly likes batman love letter i don't know if you've ever heard of that it's just a small card game mm-hmm. um but the cards on it i've got characters from um and i've got art from the batman comics mm-hmm. so she loves that game Okay, so Neil, uh, something that you just like, were like, Mikey, do you want to try this? And he's just been like, nep. I don't have one, but Sharon does, because Sharon's tried to get him into music. And she's tried Christine Aguilera and all the things she loves. And it's, <laughs> it's pretty much not worked. And you can probably guess from my story earlier, and anyone who knows me on Facebook, um, yeah, Mikey loves metal. Especially nice. Alice Cooper and Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only thing I've tried him on, and he he didn't take a liking to it. I have tried to show him Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. oh. and this was after the Batman, and the right. Batman is obviously a lot more kinetic than the animated series. So it's had so, a formative effect on him, and that's yeah, now he's, his Batman. Yeah, I think it's more just a case of he was into the action of the Batman because mm. it was much more action packed, whereas uh, the animated series is much more story driven. So maybe when time he'll come around to that. Yeah, yeah. But for now, that's probably the only thing I've tried to show him that he's not been keen on, really. Um, Sharon, have you uh, tried something and just like not biting? I'm not sure. I, it, I think because you spend a lot more time with her than I do, mm. um, it's most of it in terms of interactions, probably been stuff that, that you've done with her rather than me. But I did try um, reading her some Discworld stories, mm. um, which she she enjoyed. I mean, she didn't sort of push it away or anything, but um, but she didn't kind of leap on it and devour it the way I did when I got yeah. into it. So, okay. 
Um, but that's the only thing I can think of, really, that I've I've tried and gone, oh, maybe not then. I was just going to say, if you want to try on Discord, I would suggest the audio books, um, audio books mm. and possibly the ones, uh, anything past book 10, where it becomes the Discworld that everyone knows, or anything read by Stephen Briggs usually works, the Amazing Maurice, or maybe even the Widsmith and stuff along those lines. Mm, the kids' ones. Yeah. Mm. The audiobooks sound like a, a definite way forward because yeah. if, if that's how she absorbed Potter and, and Narnia and his dark materials, then that's probably the way forward. Yeah. With, with I mean, I think I, I could say... And I could listen to them. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, I could say books generally because she doesn't... I, I sank into books when I was a kid. That was literally mm. my thing. Up until I the age of 15, me too, I devoured them. Yeah. yeah, And that's just not what Lyra's into. So to a point, I've had to kind of go, we'll, we'll just... I don't know what to do. I'm going to sit in my room and th- for three hours and read, which for me would have been, that's my Saturday. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. No, she needs to be doing. She's a much more active child than I ever was. The thing that I really hoped she would like and she just really didn't click with was Star Wars. It's such a touchstone for me. It's a huge, huge deal. I have loved it since I was able, to, like around about the time I could speak, like the, some of the first action figures I ever got were Return of the Jedi, like a, 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 a big clear plastic bag full of like, we can't get rid of these things, um, <laughs> Jedi figures from Woolworths. And um, so I got into Star Wars. I've told this story many times, like round about the time that no one else gave a toss anymore. So... uh like I grew up in the fringes of, of Star Wars and then I was into it in the 90s and then I kidded myself for a good day or so that Phantom Menace was a good movie. Uh, and, um, and, and then like went through the prequels, eventually ended up hating Star Wars and was like, it's Battlestar Galactica now because screw Star Wars. And then Lyra came along and it was like, right, now I'm going to show her in the the this the, the, her in a special order four five and six, and uh, then <laughs> and I think I ended up showing her one uh, one two and three just to sort of like just to see what do you think of Jar Jar and like you know what do you think of these movies just more of an experiment rather than like here is the backstory of Star Wars like am I crazy do kids like these things and she didn't like the prequels but she didn't like the original Tridge much either mm. she liked R two and three PO. And she liked Princess Leia, and she kind of liked Luke, and she kind of liked Han, and she liked Chewie, but she just kind of liked it. Mm. She'd watch it, but she wasn't, like, talking about it. However, she loved Rebels. She did love Rebels, and she still does, Mm. yeah. And she is maybe not launching herself into it with Wild Abandon, but she really does like the new Star Wars as well. With The Force Awakens, when Rey and company came along, it was like finally a Star Wars film she likes. Mm. She still doesn't like it enough to read books about it. I bought a whole bunch of reference books, and she's like, I don't even like Star Wars, and that broke my heart. Because it's like, "But, but you do. I have seen you like Star Wars in many rooms. <laughs> and But I don't want to force her, and so I'm just reading these reference books myself. But that that was that was kind of sad for me and because it felt like one less thing we could bond on. And like she never really particularly liked Lord of the Rings either. She likes The Hobbit a lot more than Lord of the Rings, but she's never really been particularly enamoured of Frodo and Sam's journey and, and, and that side of things. She likes Bilbo. Um and like these are things that I care about a hell of a lot. She has over time gotten really into the MCU. 
Like the fact that she like she was in utero when Iron Man came out. And she's never known a world without the MCU. So, like, Iron Man's been, like, around before she even knew what Iron Man was. And so she's, you know, really excited for Captain Marvel. She's really excited for Black Panther. She's really excited for Avengers Infinity. Like, she went to see the Avengers in 2012 when she was... Four. Four. Not quite four, because it was May. So three and a bit. And she was pretty good most of the way through. And she knew the characters from watching Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. Um, but she didn't immediately love the MCU until she got a little bit older. And now she kind of does. But, you know, that's a big ask for a little kid. It's not pictureful. But, um, yeah, Star Wars was the one that took a long while to get her to like. And, and even so, it's just some Star Wars. But uh, She's absolutely fine. It's, it's not her thing. It's mm-hmm. not her thing. But I, I think as well, it's, it can be... I don't like X can sometimes mean I'm just really not in the mood for X right now, Dad. <laughs> not ecstasy. I'm not a monster. No, no, no. X as in I think Lisa needs another push on her new tire swing. No, Dad. I want to get down. This tire is filthy and the steel belts are poking me. No offense, Homer, but your half-assed under-parenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed over-parenting. But I'm using my whole uh, head. By contrast, what were you most surprised that they ended up liking? Uh, Neil. (laughs) Villains? This is the one thing that keeps throwing me, that he seems he he really likes the Joker. But that, I'm hoping, is just because he's bright and slightly colourful. Please, dear Lord, let it be because he's bright and slightly (laughs) colourful. And the Five Nights at Freddy's monsters are all villains as well. Yeah, but I'm... I think he just likes the way they look mm. for now. Again, it's, it, it's just with him just, just turning three, it's awkward. It's mm. because they are also bright and colourful. So, yeah. And he he has a Rainbow Dash um, a plushie, which he likes, because it's bright and colourful. Oh. So, maybe that's it. Yeah. She's really, it seems, into uh, stage plays. Right now, uh, Mab is directing a, a show for our, our local medieval fair that's got like a whole bunch of sword fights and stuff in it. And it's like got medieval characters like King Arthur meets Robin Hood sort of cast of, you know, I've been taking Marion to rehearsals for this for the past several weeks, just because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on baby duty because, you know, when you start out with a stage play, it, it doesn't look like an actual play. It looks like a bunch of people standing around for a couple hours, but now it's actually starting to look like a play. And she sat with me watching one of the rehearsals and she was like watching the whole thing for like a half an hour. And she actually was like applauding at stuff like, oh, nice. you know, at, at actual like applause moments. I was like, oh, you're, you're probably not getting the narrative, but you're definitely getting the tones and some of the emotional stuff, and you definitely appreciate sword fights. Like the Little Mermaid oh, effect, good, then. Good. So she's, like, gathering it exactly. by, by what's being displayed in language she can understand. Exactly. And if there's one thing I really want my kid to get into, it's it's sword fights of some sort. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is the whole reason I have not bought Michael a lightsaber. Because I know what's going to happen, and I do not need the bruises. Thank you very much. Oh, we'll get him a, a nerf one. Well, he's watched Force Awakens, so I think I would get clobbered a lot. Oh, yeah. See, the stuff that she's into that I just, I'm just i never going to have any interest in at all. Mm. 
like bloody SpongeBob, <laughs> or, or it's stuff that she just generally likes, stuff that we like, you know. Mm. Uh, in contrast, it's, though, is there anything that they've that she's encouraged you into liking, like saying, "Dad, give this a moment, or give us some, some of your time," and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I, the the one I'll bring up on that is Octodad, mm-hmm. which was because she, she's really catch. into these these games that uh, these kind of that YouTubers like playing, you know, like um, Goat Simulator and things like that. She's really into that as well. Mm. But she she really got into Octodad. In fact, she's completed Octodad about three or four times, um, and then encouraged me to try it because I was just looking a little silly. But Octodad is a brilliant game, hard um, as nails as well. It, well, yeah, I've, yeah, I've finished it, and then you can actually on the Switch play it co-op, where one oh, nice. player has control of one leg and one arm, and the other player has control of the other leg and another arm, the other arm, and that's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, so um, yeah, that that would be the that sort of thing. She's, I've certainly played a lot more games like that because she's got really into them. So yeah, and that's a cool game anyway. I hate to say it's Paw Patrol and Blaze. <laughs> I, I I like these shows because. Especially because I, as Blaze was really funny because I was sat there going, "Is Blaze a kitten that's a fireman?" No, it's a he's a monster machine. He's a monster truck oh, okay. with his best pal AJ, and, and they go on adventures with their other friends. And you know, this is yeah, it's, it's kids fun, but I really enjoy it. And it was I sat there for ages going, "I know this voice. I know this voice." Even watching the like the first episode, they even give you a massive hint because he ends up in a pile of leaves and he comes out with a hairstyle that looks really familiar. And it was bugging me. A friend at work told me it's the same guy that does Nathan Drake. Oh, Nolan North. <laughs> Nolan North. Nice. Like, oh, and Paw Patrol. I just love Paw Patrol. It's so so si- simple and silly, but I just have a lot of fun. And, it's, uh, yeah. and I'll play with him because he's got some cuddly Paw Patrol, mm. so he's got Marshall and Rubble and stuff. So playing that, I, I, turns out, you know, I kind of like that. It's kind of fun just to play with those. That's kind of cool. But that's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about regarding getting into the stuff your kid's into. Because, mm. uh, like, my, my mother was very much sort of, well, there's Masters of the Universe. I'm going to go elsewhere. And um, that didn't make me feel like she was absent, just that, like, uh, she referred to my action figures as plastic men that fight in a kind of, uh, like, well, yeah, I'm sure Nana doesn't want to just get you plastic men that fight for Christmas. And it was like, well, Nana's missing out on getting me my favorite things, but that's fine. <laughs> things that Lyra, I was most surprised she ended up liking, Bojack Horseman, I think, springs to mind. It's like, that. there's no real reason why she should like that show. It's fantastic, but in a very grown-up way. But she was like hooked on it. Like we ate the whole thing in in uh, in, in in several uh, in a couple of weeks, and um, she was really engaged with the characters. Really sad about certain characters, and she's she's wants to see Bojack do better with his with his life. Mm. Again, we had seen it first, so we yeah. were able to. Anyway, we got her out so. of the room during certain, like especially in that first season. There, there's some really inappropriate stuff for kids before they kind of settle down to be actually a bit more mature of a show. Um, it is interesting. Mature content is actually less, less mature <laughs> than the mature content. It's it's an interesting misnomer that that term. Mm. Um, and anything that she got me into liking, I think probably My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Like I didn't, I don't really like it, but I, I was surprised that I could sit down and watch it, and it wasn't unbearable. Mm. I kind of really love that show. I think I might actually love that show more than Mikey does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, when it comes, because he's small, we end up watching a lot of kids' stuff. Hmm. And you quickly learn what is garbage and what isn't. And it's nice to find a lot of the stuff that isn't garbage 
is really well done and really well thought out. And, and My Little Pony and, and like Avatar The Last Airbender are up there with yeah. really solid, good stuff. Yeah. Well, frankly, anything that isn't just solid screaming for 21 minutes is a start. <laughs> <laughs> Like if like breadwinners, that's that's my punching bag when it comes to crap children's TV. Anything that's like I, I, giant butts bouncing on each other's heads, and it's like this not is in an just ironic, rubbish. Kind of way. I mean, yeah, they invented giant butts bouncing on each other's heads. I never liked Ren and Stimpy. It's fine. That is fine to not like. It's, the one uh, thing I'm hoping he likes when he's old enough. I know he's probably going to like Transformers and Turtles and stuff. Mm. I look forward to showing him Garfield and Friends, and I hope, yeah. hope, hope he likes that because I love that show so much. Lyra has actually just requested some Garfield books. I've ordered them for her. They're like the Garfield I comics Mondays. Books. Really? Yeah. She, yeah. She okay. was asking about Garfield um, iPad games, and we we couldn't really find any that mm. weren't like just random stuff. So I said, "Would you like some Garfield books?" Mm. And she said, "Yes." Possibly to combat her horror phobia, um, we've gotten her into Goosebumps. In that she saw the film with Jack Black and quite liked it, and. Uh, so now she's watching a couple of the TV shows on Netflix, which she loves, and Sharon's, like, steering her towards, hey, do you want to read some Goosebumps? That way you can, like, they're like little uh, um, mini Stephen King stories for kids, but without the depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, little spine chillers, and she seemed to really like that. So it's that's more her speed, and I think if she's going to combat her fears, that's a better way of doing it than forcing yeah, her to her watch something scary. Let her take it at her own pace scary. rather yeah. than, than try and get her to... Yeah. Aversion Indeed. therapy. Yeah. You're afraid of being Can't afraid? Swim, Let say. me Let's frighten you. Let's throw you, you. And see how you manage. Um, My only suggestion on that would be uh, special features where they tell you how they make the horror. Yeah. You know, how they do the group. Again, because once it's explained, it it, it, almost, it almost loses its power. I just love... But that, again, that was me. I, I just wanted to know, how did they make the Xenomorph? How did they do that? And it wasn't scary. Mm. I'm not entirely sure I want to eliminate the fear entirely. I still want it to be effective. Like, uh, I don't, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to see exactly what they did in Blair Witch to make every shot in that, the original Blair Witch project, to make that effective, because it'd be like, right, well, this is less effective now. Uh, oh, that was simple. Just abuse your actors to be on yeah, the point Yeah, just be horrible leaving. and only feed them one banana a day. That, I still kind of want to keep some mystery there in the world, although, like, I do try to get her to see... Uh, making of stuff it re- that she has difficulty unless it it contains a she lot likes of bloopers yeah cast interviews and stuff where people you know chat away but she's less interested in the technical stuff at the moment yeah. that with horror stuff i still don't want her to not be afraid at all i just want her to be able to manage her fear we don't, we don't want to numb to it yeah and and brendan anything that uh, um she's gotten you into which you didn't expect i i'm doing a lot more I mean, reading of, of kids' books to her uh, than, I mean, I mean, I expected to read to her, but, like, we're, we're doing a lot more Dr. Seuss than I would have thought we'd be doing at this age, mm. which, you know, I'm already into Dr. Seuss, but we're kind of, like, going into some of the ones that I'm less familiar with because, 
you know, some of those things are kind of long. And so, you know, we haven't like read her the Lorax, but we're reading her a lot of the other ones that I've, you know, I, I hadn't read as much like, you know, Fox and Socks, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, you know, where it's more a bunch of like wordplay than an actual narrative. But it's still really fun to just kind of, you know, be, it's just kind of like fun with language and words and rhymes and things that she's really into and that it's just kind of fun to play around with her because she's kind of at that experimenting with words and sounds and parroting phase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess probably that um, is is what we're at so far. I can certainly recommend um, the McElligot's Pool and um, Scrambled Egg Supity Doopity Wooper just because the sheer variety of fish and birds that you get to look at is incredible. Mm. Oh, Brendan, the places you'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Phone is something you cannot explain to children. I don't know what age it is when they finally pick it up. Probably when they start dating. Maybe that's when it is. But so far, none of the kids in my family have figured out the phone. Even the idea, the theory of the phone. It's always when you're on the phone that they want to talk to you. And you're probably talking to some distant cousin in Killarney. It's probably $17 million a nanosecond. That's when they walk up to you when you're on the phone. Dad, 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 dad. I'm on the phone. Oh. Dad, 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 What? I'm on the fucking phone. I know fuck is a bad word, but you're fucking making me say it. How many times do I have to explain this thing to you? Are you going to be grow up and be 35 years old and go to the office and go, boss, 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 What? Can I have a cookie? That's Leary's kid. Fire him. I want him fired. He's the guy who put the sandwich in my VCR last week. Fire him. Two more questions and then we're done. And this one might make you a bit introspective or it might just be a comedy answer. Um, what do you wish you hadn't done? Fucking parenting books. <laughs> <laughs> they well, will that make, one's clear. That, they will make you paranoid and anxiety-ridden. And, and they're expensive. They are expensive, but... Uh, listen to... If you know people that are parents, listen to them, but don't take it as gospel. Mm. Because every kid... As you're probably finding listening to us, and you'll probably find on the other shows, each kid is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by contrast, um, I we recently got a puppy, and I am so glad I read all the puppy books, because I was prepared for all of the crap that happened in the first few weeks. And even though it did... like the, That first week was hard... Like, I was on the ball with, with how to, to deal with a puppy. Puppy different from a baby, though. <laughs> <laughs> he was, what he means is he was held in hand with a pooper scooper. Well, yeah, I mean, like, basically, <laughs> puppies are much more, like, there's a set way of dealing with dogs with kindness, which is just easier to follow than with babies and, and kids. And, like, to begin with, with a puppy, the important thing when it starts barking is to n- ignore it. But with a baby, you, you can't don't. ignore it. So <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah, you really have to get the two to... Uh, yeah, when the, when the baby but... starts going to the loo, mm. don't take it outside and sit it in the back garden. Mm. No, bang. <laughs> Although, wait, oh, here's one for you later on, Brendan. You know when you are potty training and you go to, to, to put your daughter on the potty, or the, the big toilet, make sure you put the bloody seat on, the, the toddler, because I forgot a couple of days ago. Did he nearly fall in? <laughs> he nearly fell in and he's not let me forget it. <laughs> he literally goes in now and checks that the, his potty... 
his booster seat for one of when he's on there. That's good. You've made him safety conscious. <laughs> yeah, no, now he doesn't trust Daddy. Great. Yeah, perfect. Um, uh, Brendan, uh, what would, like, so far in your first year, and you could include uh, the, um, the, the run-up to the birth as well, uh, what do you wish you hadn't done? Uh, I don't know. We made, like, a lot of plans in regards to... Uh, Mab really wanted to do like a whole a whole natural childbirth as much as possible. Not do the epidural if she didn't have to. You know, do the whole like breathing and and all this stuff. And and so we just made a whole bunch of plans. And you know, we ended up Marion was turned you know away so that she couldn't be delivered. We had to do a C section. So like you know, just I don't know. Maybe there was a whole bunch of planning and stuff that we didn't need to do. I'm not sure. I. I wish we hadn't done that, but just maybe been slightly more, slightly more flexible because there were, there were a couple periods in time where, you know, especially Mab got really anxious and stressed about like, Oh my God, this is not going the way we were hoping it would go. It's, it's, you know, this is, this is not good. This is not good. And, and, you know, just be slightly less stringent about sticking to, you know, the plan because the kid is, the kid does not give a damn about your plan. (laughs) That seems familiar. Sharon, anything you wish you hadn't done? Um, Over the past nine and a half years. I don't know. The only thing really that stands out massively is I wish I hadn't convinced myself that I could um, work nights full time when she was a year old. Three and one. It was was between one and three. One and three, yeah. Yeah. because that was um, that was bad. We were we, we were working we on were ships in the night. You were working in the, night, in the yeah. day. I was working at night. We um, were sleeping at different times, yeah. which made basically the trying to sleep difficult. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I completely understand why we made that decision, but I, if there was any one in practical thing, terms, yeah, I would have uh, nipped that in the bud a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. fail fast. There you go. If something's not working. <laughs> concede that it's not working. Fail fast is a really good piece of advice, actually. Um, Mm. Gary? Uh, I I think the one, I mean, some of the things you guys have already said, actually, um, but the the one practical thing I made a real stupid error in, which I wish I hadn't done at the time, was when when she was first born, Mm -hmm. I had a I had a car, um, like a fam- big family car, mm-hmm. and my wife had this little tiny pooly thing. And we made the decision, I think foolishly, to replace the family car and get something slightly bigger. There was for practical reasons. Um, but uh, but to trade in the big family car and keep the little one, and that ended up being a colossal mistake because the car that we traded it in for took – it was supposed to be delivered within th- within two months – and ended up taking eighteen months. Jesus! So for the first two, yeah, first two years that we were having to carry around, you know, the paraphernalia with the, yeah, with the baby. That is yeah, a load of crap. The baby seat, yeah. yeah. And all we had was a tiny little Fiat Panda, yeah. and and it ended up being a real pain yeah. because we we were really limited as to what we could do in that first year. If we needed to go any distance, I had to hire a car. Yeah. Um, 
and it ended up becoming a bit of a bind and we weren't able to visit people and you know it was a bit of an issue i mean ultimately you know we ended up the the car the the bigger car did end up arriving but that was a colossal error i should have traded the small car in and kept the family car and that's just a practical thing that I wish I hadn't done because that it meant for the first two years it, things got a bit awkward with my family because we couldn't really travel. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to make any significant practical changes, get them all done ahead of time. Yeah. Or yes. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or, or yeah, perhaps I should have thought it through a bit more at the time. Mm. But yeah, yeah, definitely, it's it's good to be prepared. Mm. That's for sure, especially those first two years. That's why we're helping you folks at home. Um, the one thing that I wouldn't have done, when I get very angry and stressed, I tend to remove myself from the scene of uh, uh, pressure and, and and chaos just to, like, blow it off elsewhere so that I don't uh, end up taking it out on the people around me at that point. And uh, when... I was younger, I found myself trapped in situations where I couldn't leave for safety reasons and get away from uh, Lyra. And I freaked out on a couple of occasions and just was just yelling at myself that I was stuck in this situation, not so much at her, but I'm certain that the seeing me yelling made her more nervous and more frightened, specifically at big, loud, sudden shocks. Uh, you can trace a direct line between her fear of jump scares and that. And so even though I wasn't necessarily aggressive towards her, I, 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 the being trapped and not being able to go away and let off steam made it worse. So I suppose if I could have done anything else, it might just have been a kind of a, what's the safest place I can put her in right now, even if she's going to get covered in her own feces, that I could just go into another room and go... Into a pillow, just just to get that out, so that I can go. <sighs> now let's approach this thing <sighs> rationally, and just like without that having to deal with that. Um, but at the same time, like, would she then feel like this weird anxiety of me disappearing, mm. like, like constantly trying to second guess what her hang-ups are going to be, mm. and I and think, trying to not be the source of yeah, them? Yeah, that's the other thing as well. Bear in mind, this is going to sound horrendously negative. Your kid will have neurosis about something, obsessing about what not to do to create them mm. is probably going to end up creating new and different ones. Yeah. Um, so I think something that Neil said way back at the beginning is really, really important, which is chill and trust yourself. Hmm. And uh, yeah, again, your kid will thank you, even if things aren't perfect. I've always said, go for an eight out of 10. Like, you know, aim high, mm. get it really, really good. Don't pursue those extra two points. If you get them, great, because you're, you know, you get good at performing well, but an eight's great. And, and you can pretty much go through life trying to hit eights all the time. It's actually a bit more relaxed in general to go for eights than it must be a 10 or it, only I might accept a nine. Mm. And, you know, so when Lyra works, it always has to be to grade eight. Now, that technically would make her, I suppose, on in numerical terms, a B student. But I'd rather she was a relaxed B student than a super neurotic A student. Mm. Um, Having been a super neurotic A student, I can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right, so uh, a nice one to end on then. What are you most looking forward to? Brendan. 
I'll, I'll try and keep this kind of like compartmentalized so we don't spend too long on this. <laughs> Just everything. It's like, well, she's not even one yet. So for the next 18 years, um, <laughs> one thing I'm really looking forward to is I do like a, a birthday marathon of movies every year for my birthday party. And so I just like I set aside a, a Sunday and I do a thing where I watch like three or four or five movies that are thematically connected or, or series connected. Like, you know, I, I watched um, the Cornetto trilogy this year. Um, so I'm what really looking forward to. Uh, yeah, it was so great. Um, but I'm looking forward to sharing that with her in some capacity. Like, uh, obviously, she's not going to see Shaun of the Dead when she's three years old, but. Um, I've kind of got a exactly, you know, lead into it. But I've got this really long list of like, here's what I want to do later on. And I've sort of like mapped it out like, okay, around the time she's four, we could do these Disney movies and she could see one of these or, you know, we could do these specific Miyazaki films and she could maybe watch all of them. And just, you know, since it's, you know, it's, it's going to be like my birthday, you know, being able to share like part of that celebration with her and like try showing her movies she might not have seen before. Um, especially if it's like, okay, so this is from the rated R movies shelf. Maybe you're old enough to see Die Hard. I just don't want to hear you yippee ki around the house. <laughs> you can yippee ki but not the last bit. Exactly. So that's, that's the big thing I'm looking forward to is like, you know, sharing the, the yearly birthday marathon with mm. her uh, and, you know, just seeing how, how she takes to that. That's lovely. Neil? I'm going to give you such a trite answer, but everything, whatever yeah, tomorrow everything. brings, literally whatever tomorrow brings, he always makes me happy. He brings a smile to my face. And you know what? Every moment's just sheer fun and joy. Well, maybe not every moment, but <laughs> most of them. And Gary? Um, well, I'll go for the, uh, you know, obviously echo everything the guys have said, but I'm going to go some, for something in the, in the short term, um, in that, uh, I think it's in, I'm trying to think who it is now, I think it's May, May Bank Holiday Week. Yeah, it's Whitson anyway. So, uh, Imogen and I have been the last two years, we've, we've both gone to the UK Games Expo, Expo, which is the big ball game event at the NEC, and we've just gone for the day. But uh, this year, she's, we're going to go for three days, just me and her. So it will be, you know, and we both the last couple of years we've really enjoyed it. And um, she's been great um, company there as well. And obviously meet up with uh, a lot of friends I've got. And obviously from Game Burst, Andy's always there as well with Vicky. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to that. And also I'm hoping to take her to Eurogamer this year as well. So oh, nice. it was like her first experiences of, you know, full on experiences of those two events. Um, so it'll be, I think she'll be really excited to go to those. And particularly now, uh, of course, at Eurogame, they have the big Minecraft uh, thing. She has been to other video game events. She's been to Geek, which is by the people who do the replay shows. Uh, so she's been to that quite a few times, actually. Um, well, it's, it's a big retro video game event. She's been to that loads. Um, but uh, no, I think those, those should be good fun. Thank you. Uh, Sharon? I don't know. I'm kind of taking each day as it comes really and enjoying what whatever crops up on the day i one of them is philosophical the thing that i'm dreading the most if i approach it in a kind of oh this is a challenge and what can you do here when she gets to be a teenager and her hormones are smashing her to pieces and normally that's when kids most clash with their parents 
I, I kind of, I really want to be the, the parent who's like not annoyingly on point, but just gives her her space when she, when I can see she needs it, that works out a communication system so that she can ask for help when she needs it, but she can ask for space when she needs it. And just to be just, to be able to give her just the right amount of, of stuff and input and, uh, freedom at that really tricky time, because if I spend my time dreading that era, it's going to go on forever and it's going to drive everyone crazy. Mm. So I'd, I'd like to think of that as a challenge that I c- I'm looking forward to. The other thing I'm really looking forward to is taking her to see Hamilton. I really want to do that. Ooh. She knows it word for word. And um, like it, now it's in London and it's ridiculously impossible to find the tickets. But um, if we can somehow do that in the next few years, uh, that will be a really special night. I think it'll probably run for a while. And even if it goes, it'll come back yeah. again. This one's got legs. Yeah. So. Um, I, I thought of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually really looking forward to when she goes up to secondary school, um, purely because we've been to see the school that she's probably going to end up going to. Oh, I hope she gets and to go there. And she fell yeah. in love with it. I, I was... We just went along for an open day, but she went round to. Um, they showed them round all the uh, the science labs and the um, the woodworking um, shops and the kitchens and everything. That's like I said, she's very practical. She likes to do things. She likes anything that she can get up on her feet and actually get involved with. And this school has so much of that, and she's totally engaged in the idea of, of going there and being able to do all this stuff that isn't just going to be sitting down at a desk and filling in maths problems. So, um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that and really hoping that it lives up to her expectations. Hmm. Okay, so I think that's going to do it for this show. Uh, this has been extraordinarily in-depth uh, in, in just the right way. I was hoping that we wouldn't just be, uh, you know, like... I was worried that this would just be us chatting about our kids, but I think we've we've gone out of our way to be as helpful as we possibly can and make it as as applicable to to many many children as we can. And the more people we interview, the more notes we'll hit on that. Apologies know? for keeping you so long, guys. It thank you, Garrett, very for much for your, your patience. I was hoping so for ninety minutes, you. and we went twice that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing. All those stories were right. fantastic. So thank you so much. So the uh, the the last thing to do would be to ask where can people find your stuff, uh, Gary first. Um, well, you can find both Neil and I uh, over at Gameburst, which is Gameburst.co.uk, which is a weekly um, news and magazine show where we cover video games and board games. Uh, Neil, we've got anything to add? Uh, you can also find me over on youtube.com forward slash the kid dog where you can find me doing my short history of videos. Probably by the time this show's gone up, you will have up the short history of the Atari 5200. And this, was this the week where you found out not to call the N-Gage a silver taco? <laughs> Seriously, people, it's 2018. Why am I being hassled by N-Gage fanboys? <laughs> Who knew there were N-Gage fanboys for a start? I know those words, but that sentence doesn't make sense. They really don't <laughs> like it when you refer to it as a taco phone. Or a taco phone, or however it's pronounced. God damn it. That phone had limitless potential. Okay, Brendan, where can folks find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BLC Agnew. You can find me at normannerd.blogspot.com. And you can also find me occasionally contributing to synapse.co. That's C-I-N-A-P-S-E dot C-O. That was a special commissioned episode for Duran Barnett, Joel Robinson, and Roy Levy. And because it's such a massively important subject, we have a second volume ready to roll. And that will be out next week with a brand new roster of guests. We asked them some of the same questions and some new ones, and this episode delved even deeper into what it takes to be a parent. And many thanks again to our Patreon supporters this month, especially our top-tier guys. That's Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Nick Ord, Sarah Montgomery, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, David Garcia-Abril, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. We will see you all for another round next week. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Sharon Shaw. And school's out. I was fine. I pulled myself together just in time. To throw myself away. Once my perfect world was gone I knew you ruined everything In the nicest way You should know How great things were before you Even so Still today I can't think of who I was Before you ruined everything In the nicest way Bumps in the road remind us The worst of the best behind us 